Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, we've got someone pretty awesome on the show, but before I do that, who's in the room today? We've got Marcus. What's happening? Melody. Hello. We've actually got Axe and Addy. Yay! Got the little ones in here. Well, welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, we've got Alex Fine. He's a celebrity fitness trainer who's known for working with celebrities like Terry Jacobs, Odell Beckham Jr., Jennifer Aniston, a lot of other cool people. We've also got Justin Pugh, who is an Arizona Cardinal NFL football player, and we're excited to have both Pete of them Pete asked on the me show. to ask him why, uh, why he only trains good-looking people. Good-looking guys. Good-looking guys. Pretty boys. Jennifer Aniston's good-looking. That's true. I saw her on TV. Yeah, I didn't know that he worked The internet out says this. Oh, okay. You know it's the internet. I don't know what's yeah, real Yeah, I know for a fact that he worked out with Mark Consuelos, which I think is an awesome guy. Is an awesome guy. Congratulations on the... I thought they got some awards, didn't they? Good luck on it. Good luck. Congratulations on that. So we can't wait to get to that episode. But before we do that, we've got a Patreon question of the day. Patreon question comes from Mike, who says, what was your dream car growing up, and what is your dream vehicle now? Well, I have my Mustang. That's the one I wanted. And uh, my brother and I had a, a, a bet. I'm sorry. I talk like everybody knows that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was, a, it was a 67 Shelby Mustang. I, I always wanted one of those. And then my brother, always he always wanted an older truck. So when we were around 11 or 12 years, I can't really remember now, but we had a bet. We're like, okay, from zero to 40 is a training pipeline for us. And throughout, like when we put our money away. So in our family, you go out and you make a million memories and you save a dollar from each, right? And then you go back and you live it out when you, when you turn 40. Or if you meet your wife, then you go that direction. So the, the, I won the bet. And so he had to he had to get me that car. I thought he was just gonna get me a keychain or something like that. This Joker got pulled off, man. He got on a TV show uh, overhauling with Chip Foose and all them boys, and uh, Chris Jacobs. Uh, thank you guys again for my Mustang, man. It's just, I look at it every single day. But uh, yeah, I have a '67 Shelby. Uh, it's a one one. It's a Chip Foose uh, uh, Carroll Shelby Mustang, built specifically for me. So it's it's kind of like the first forty years of my life were in iron, <laughs> run around run around with the Mustangs, right? And, so and, cool. Yeah. And it's got the Team Never Quit logo on it. If you guys have not seen it before, look it up. It's Yeah, you can look up the Overhaul In show with Marcus and Morgan. 
Yeah, I that, believe, man. Is that yeah. your dream vehicle now too? Even though it was your dream vehicle back then, or do you still my, have like a now dream vehicle? No, I don't have a. You know, my brother and I still have every. We cycled around our another our other bets, but now it's um. I'm back. It's funny because now I'm back to the ponies. Yeah. He wants a, a buckskin horse. Is what he wants. I don't know why that calls to me the way it does, but it, you know, I I do. I've been. Awesome. One. I had one, the one I came up with was um, my first one was I'll never forget, man. My dad opened up the pens and all these horses and ponies came, the colts came running in there. There must have been twenty four of them, and we were allowed to pick. Uh, Mojo and I got a chance to pick our colt because you know, you know, if you're raising kids and they're mustangs, put them with some wild mustangs. They'll tame themselves, so to speak. So we had to raise a horse, and that'll teach you some discipline. And uh, his was fire red, and mine was black. And I, man, I love that thing all the way up to the point where mom's sending away to go to the track and learn how to, learn how to run. Now it's the, the uh, looking for that buckskin. Melanie, do you have a dream car? Uh, I don't have a dream car. I love my car that I have. Um, I think a Tesla would be really cool, but we live so far out in the country. <laughs> I'm afraid that I would run out of juice. She likes like, old pickups. Yeah, I like old pickups, but I really, I'm not, I'm over, like, spending money on cars and that yeah. kind of stuff. I did that in my younger years, and uh, I like my family mobile that I've got, and I like being able to fit everybody yeah. and fit them comfortably, um, but no, I don't really have a dream car. Yeah, don't get me wrong, man, it's good, it feels good to get you, I got my first truck when I got out of the Navy, it was brand new. I thought I was going to drive it to the grave. And then my, when my kid turned 16, he drove it. And he drove it to the grave. He did. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. kind of the, that's why you keep the elders around. Like, Graham, the, the eldest female and the eldest male, they, they're the ones that get the new cars every year. And then you just kind of pass those down in order of age and rank. That way you don't have to go around buying a bunch of new cars. There's one in line for you already. And don't be handing some 16-year-old a brand new ride. I mean, you want to hand them something to keep them safe. That's why you give them junkers. So they can tear it up. I mean, if they don't try to tear it up, they're going to tear it up. That's the beautiful part about having that junker. Yeah. Especially the more, the wealth, if you come from a wealthy family, you better, I mean, put them in something that'll humble them. Yeah, you guys. So Axe has a dream car. What's yours, Axe? Why don't you say it in here? Um, you said you wanted a, a Lamborghini. Oh, Axe wants a Lamborghini. Like, oh, that's man. real functional. Functional. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going have a keychain. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get a keychain. On, uh, on the license plate. Addie, what about you? Do you have a dream car? No, <laughs> I think I'd like a Ford F1, like the original wood bed, old classic Ford F1. I think that's a cool truck. Ford has their their F1 car. Yeah, now that thing's awesome. Yeah, nice... I mean, that thing is awesome, man. Yeah, that's what it is, right? The F1s. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, um, when Marcus and I first got married and immediately had two little ones, I wanted a Sprinter van. Because we were traveling so much for his work. Um, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, that yeah, and because they got some good ones. Yeah, Walmart's got one that's dimed out so cool. It's, I mean, you, you just want to hang out in there. So I really wanted that because I wanted to be able to take road trips. And Marcus's back was super bad at the time. He had just had surgery, and I th my thought process was we could travel in comfort where he could stretch out and everything. But over the years, we don't travel near as much as we used to and uh it's just not functional anymore so it's not my it's not, it's not, it's not the dream anymore. it's not my dream anymore but uh the dream changes you know the dream does change 
I mean, mine do. Well, it's supposed to. I mean, life yeah. evolves yeah. and dreams well, change. It's situation. That makes sense because it, it has to. Because you have your dream. Yep. And then you're supposed to achieve, you live your dream. That's then right. you go to the next dream. Yeah. You know, you dream every night. Right. Well, when... You put all them together, you got your life. Yep. Yeah. Mike, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking your question. If you want to ask your question, join us on Patreon. We have exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, really cool swag. You guys can uh, join us at patreon.com slash team never quit. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the TNQ podcast. In the screening room today, we got my wife. Hello. We got Andrew. Hey. We got Justin. What's going on, guys? And, Je- and Alex. How's it going? So... Peter Berg FaceTimed us when you were on your way here, and I asked him what I should ask you, Alex, okay. and he said, why do you only train pretty boys? Okay, that's funny <laughs> that he said that. I think I was supposed to ask him that and not say that Pete said that. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, Pete... That's the sarcasm the ladies miss as opposed to guys. Oh, that's, yeah. That's one of the deals. If y'all, I mean, y'all yeah. married? Yeah, I'm recently married, and... Just had a baby, but it's oh, congratulations, funny. man! Yeah, Pete was the minister at my wedding. Oh my yeah. gosh! So he got his <laughs> minister license, and we only had my brothers, her brother, and Pete was a minister. Oh, how funny! But don't, yeah, don't duck the question now. You have to tell the story really quickly about Pete wanting to do the paintball. Okay, so we were out on the. Um, it was his birthday. Was it his birthday or? or it, was uh, Jamie, it was Jamie Fox's birthday. Somebody's. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go play paintball. We're in the city. I mean, and, and I was like, okay. And he's like, "Hey, call some call some team guys up." So when I first went up there, I I, I was alone and just me and him. And then we were gonna, gonna go out. So I called up one, my best friend JJ, and I was like, "Hey, get up here, man. I need your help." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he did. He rolled up every time, man. Every, they would send guys up left, right to to help me get uh-huh. through all that. Uh, and um, so it's in the morning, and we go down to the paintball field. It's pretty cool. It's it's in the middle of the city. It's a whole looks like a block, right? It's it's just you can have a mountain, and there's all kinds of uh, different arenas to play in. So it's me. There's there's about seven seals. That's it yeah. from all <laughs> generations from our from all, from the Vietnam guys, uh, Harry Humphreys, and and everybody uh, kind of throughout that line. And then there was about fifteen or twenty. Uh, uh, of the Hollywood people, actors, and uh, I remember Duchovny was there, Ari was there. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was Pete's crew, right? Oh, yeah. And they've been around a while. Like, you every, you know, you see the, the Rat Pack, Brat Pack, the fast, fast guys and everything, yeah. but then there's a crew that's been there forever. You can tell because there are movies about them when they're kids. So now that they're older, you know, that's who kind of keeps, I mean, you can get wild as hell in Hollywood if you want to. You're supposed to. There are stars. They're supposed to shine bright. Some of them shine so bright they burn out. And then that's how that's supposed to be. But then you got the base ones in there that keep that shit locked tight. Yeah. You know so there's, there's like big names. In yeah. This. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And we, we play all, they split uh, us down the middle and they separate us. Right. And then we, we're, we're playing game after the game. And at the end, they're like, hey, you, know, you can see them over there snickering. Like it was like they're playing a movie, right? Yeah. Like, okay, here's what we're going to do right here. We're going to get these guys. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to go against you guys. We want you guys to. Uh, Team up, we're gonna team up. It was seals against Hollywood. Yeah, seals. Yeah, seals oh. against the stars, right? And uh, and we had, one of them had one of the guys had his kid there, Junebug, right? And he was and he was he's probably seven or eight years old, right? And the, the game was we had to go all the way to the other side of the field and not only capture the flag, we had to capture the kid <laughs> and bring his ass back. That was that was the game. So they get over there and they're stationing up, you know. 
And they're, you can see them playing, and they're looking. I mean, just like Hollywood dress, like, no, move that over. Yeah, they're, <laughs> script, they're scripting everything. Hey, yeah, that's good cover, but you don't look cool. So let's yeah. move you right over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. That's why yeah. you want to go. That's why people go up there. They're, they're a lot of fun. So we're sitting back, and it's just the old. So anytime any seals get around each other, you don't have to kind of, if there's no uniforms on or anything like that, you go by age. Because age is seniority, and that is a respect thing. I mean, Planes, we all go through the same thing, but if you go through it first, then it was harder, period. Yeah. It just is, because every time we go through it, we make something better. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's easier. That's not what I said. I just said it was freaking hard, okay? And, um, man, old Harry called up, man, the formation. He's like, here's what we're going to do. You got it? And I was like, right, that? let's rock and roll, baby, man. <laughs> they, they blew that whistle, and we blew down that field and came back up there, killed every one of them with headshots <laughs> in under two minutes. <laughs> And got the kid, got back. None of his got, none of them. We didn't seals. even get a, man, they didn't even know we were through there. Yeah. They didn't get one shot off on them. And some of these Hollywood actors were so pissed that they got hit in the face with oh. the tape. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm not going to say his name, dude, but he had, a, he had this real, I'll never forget this. Because like, I was kind of standing there being quiet, you know, and everyone's talking smack. You can imagine, dude. I mean, it was, oh. you know, alpha steam running everywhere, yeah. right? And then uh, he goes, Hey, man, you guys don't shoot me in my jacket or in my face. This thing's like 25 grand, man. You know, I just got it. And I was like, <laughs> that's that's I mean, the he first got, thing he got, got my full attention right yeah. there. I was like, hey, Roger that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I, he was hiding behind this piece of tin. There was a hole in about this big. And I, I saw it move. And then, I, you yeah. know, everyone was wearing their cologne. So you could yeah. smell them when they were walking around. <laughs> and I sit one in there and hit him in the thigh, I think. And he's like, ah, oh, dang it. And then he goes, uh, he didn't say anything. He tried to put his barrel out the end yeah. of the deal. And it, as soon as he moved back, I, boy, I filled him up. I mean, from the face down, bro. Had to. Yeah, I had, yeah. To. I had to. I had to, man. Had to. You step out there wearing a $25,000 jacket. Yeah, I you like deserve that. Man, I, you know. But I don't think he's ever talked to Marcus after that. We've seen him at places. Yeah. And he always, like, ducks and turns. I'm like, are you still butthurt from uh, that? He learned a valuable lesson that day. Yeah. There was a totem pole, and he just didn't know where he was at yeah. on. Oh, that's how you figure it out. <laughs> Right there, there, right? I mean, because oh $25,000, that does so much better have some armor in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine does, you know what I'm talking about? And I don't think it costs that much. Now, so if you get a $25,000, I would ask, you know, TV, maybe some Kevlar or something. Yeah, it's so funny just to picture him getting shot in the face. Oh. <laughs> and Pete is the most competitive. Oh, it was a to, blast, man. Our, I mean, I have never, the first time, well, the first night we went out. This is guy. I was kind of like, okay, because up till then, you know, we he was all business. He did. It was a feeling out process, you know. Even even if I, I was, we were assigned to each other, so I'm automatically. It doesn't matter. We're gonna get through this. <laughs> you know, say you can. We can buck all you want and do all that. But was that your first time out ever out in like the Hollywood atmosphere? First time anywhere under, yeah. out from under the covers. Kind yeah. of. I, mean, I was yeah. a team guy, man. I yeah. mean, you know, we venture out, but we don't not not which, when you know what we are. Yeah, that is completely so, different, right? So uh, I was allowed to have some backup. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we were, so he had his buddies with him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, think about that. It's like a platoon of guys that got to go do the Hollywood thing. It was kick-ass. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, because we're a lot of fun to hang out with, too. We want to hear from Alex, and we want to hear your story. If you can just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. And we can go from there. So grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then it was either get a college scholarship or then I was going to go do wildland firefighting, if not. Lucky enough to go to Central Michigan, play football there. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to still do firefighting, all this stuff, move out to California, I want to do wildland. And then um, basically when I was a sophomore in college, I blew out both my shoulders, 
both my elbows completely screwed me. So I went out to California to do rehab. They said, send me this doctor. And college won't give you money, especially if you're at Central Michigan. It's not like Texas or Oklahoma. Like They're just like, you need to go out here and get rehab. So I was dating this girl at the time, and her mom owned a studio in Long Beach in the hood, the spin studio. And they didn't know, but I slept there every night and then oh woke up at 4 a.m. in the closet and would get out and go to work. And when I was in this gym, like rehabbing this huge, massive guy with tattoos that yelled all the time, he was talking to me. He's like, you might as well make some money. You're broke as shit. Oh <laughs> He's like, you're going to start training with me. I was like, oh, 100%. And... I'll send videos to my buddies back home of him just yelling at them, calling them like bonbon eating college degree mother, ever, oh all this gosh. stuff. And they were love it. And oh then this guy ended up becoming like a huge thing. Like C- his name's CT Fletcher. And he's like, I command you to grow. Anyways, he's a big thing in fitness. And I went back to school. I called my mom. I was like, listen, I'm not going to the NFL. I was like, I want to move out to California. I was like, give me three months. I was like, if I don't make it in fitness, I'll go into firefighting, EMT school, whatever. And she was like, try to get a degree. Like, you're already in college for free. Try to get a degree. So I changed my major from exercise science to, like, basically sports. So I could get a degree. I wasn't a 4.0 student. And um, my senior year, two weeks before I was supposed to graduate, I was watching American Sniper this I saw Bradley Cooper got huge for it. And I was like, I wonder who trained this dude. So I stalked all over the internet. I found a yoga instructor in this guy's building. I called her. I was like, listen, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I will give you like all the money in my bank account just to give him my resume. (laughs) And she was like, oh, whatever. I didn't think I was going to get it. I get a call from the guy. He's in China or something. He's like, fly out to LA tomorrow. He's like, I want you to interview for me, intern, whatever. So I flew out, borrowed money from my roommate to fly out, didn't tell my parents, and then interviewed for him. And everyone assumed that I was older. I was playing football. I was a lot bigger than I am now. And uh, anyways, I got the job, sold all my stuff back home and stayed in California, didn't get my degree. And I started interning and wasn't making any money. I lived in South Central, like Los Angeles. And uh, so being in, from Ohio, if you spend $300 on rent for an apartment, it's the nicest apartment you can get. <laughs> oh, man, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, man, like $300 rent apartment, like you're living What's nice. What's up? Yeah. yeah like, you got a chair in there too, man. Oh, man. You, you got <laughs> Wi-Fi. You got the hookup. <laughs> they might have a pool outside in the summer. Not right beside it, but it's yeah. going to be down. Oh, it's an above-ground pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be in the back of some truck But you have a pool. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> So you don't have to appreciate the five dollars when you got three, right? Exactly. Kind of that deal. If you if you don't appreciate five dollars, well, get your ass below it, and you'll you'll appreciate that yeah, a lot yeah. more. And then so when I saw LA, I was like six hundred dollars for rent. I was like, and it's in downtown. That's right next to Hollywood. I had no idea of map. I saw yeah. LA on a postcard. And then, anyways, I lived in South Central in this studio apartment. First week out there, my tire got shot out. I was wearing oh the wrong colors. Gosh. And then <laughs> learned that real quick. And I'd run football camps on the mean side while I was interning for this 
gang leader in South Central, and he wanted NFL players to come teach Crenshaw High School how to play football and stuff like that. So I was making side money, trying to do whatever. Then this gym, I was sitting in this restaurant, the gym opens up, trains athletes, all these actors and stuff. And I just walked in and I was like, listen, I was like, I'm, I want to work at the gym full time, do whatever. So they hired me because they fired someone that day. It was just good timing, like success when it meets hard work and opportunity, that's when success happens. And the opportunity hit at the right time. And I was able to establish myself with clients basically when I was 21, 22. And this is the wildest dream ever. So like this is all happening in three months. So right around the timeline where I started making like just money to eat, like yeah. I called my mom. I was like, all right, I'm going to stick this out, but I'm also going to apply to EMT school. But I didn't have $1,800 to apply yet. So I was going to keep waiting. Then I left the gym and started my own thing out of a beach motel in Hermosa Beach, and it was cheap rent, whatever, and I would just do in-homes because I didn't have a gym. And I came up, I I didn't go out and party. I wasn't like a 22-year-old kid in L.A. Every money that I got, I invested in myself, whether it was new equipment or I'll take a class. or So I just... I'm not going to invest in something else. I'm going to roll the dice on me and hope that investment works out. And that's what essentially happened. And it grew to where it is now, where basically I opened up a gym in my own house. So I had this idea where I want to create a wellness place. And I worked with like a company. I told them this idea. I was like, I want to open up a gym in Louisiana, the heart, like, down down in the bayou in the middle of the sticks i want to bring businessmen whatever athletes they all live there they work out they train they don't use their phones they're on the land like the gator hunt no one really bought it i had enough money where i could spend a grand a month on this house it worked out for four months and then when it got to summer no one wanted to be in louisiana heat so no. i was like all right <laughs> i'm gonna move it to los angeles i made it my own house and what then, made you want to go to Louisiana? I like the country. I like I like dirt bikes. I like horses. So like LA isn't for me. It's just where opportunity is for me. Right. Yeah. You had to so, go in there to find uh, the clients. The clientele. Right? You know, if you put your house back out there and like make it a rite of passage, it's like, hey, you can stand your ass out there in the heat yep. till yeah. I let you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll train you. Yeah. Because if you can, and that's why people seek out that kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, you, you really if you, you put something in your house that you can sit on, like a couch, then mm-hmm. you can sit on it. I mean, you put a gym right there, and that's all you can sit on in your house. Man, that's all you. That's how if you if you can't get committed that like that, that's how you do it. You got to just take everything else that gets in the way of that. Yep. You know what I mean? So wait, you did you did actually do the house in Louisiana? I did for four months. So basically, I took athletes in the NFL that were messing up, failed drug tests, whatever. Called their agents, and was like, "You need to send them here. I'm gonna." whoop them every single day they're not going to be around partying la all this stuff so it worked out for four months and then i also invested in the people that i was working with so if i believed that someone like worked hard and they had potential and they didn't have money i was going to work with them and they'll pay me in the future when they got paid so that worked with artists actors whatever and it ended up working out like one of the kids lived with me on my couch in a one-bedroom apartment from the beginning he was a dog walker but he was like, I'm going to be an actor. And I saw how hard he was working. And now this week, he's 
like this is two years later now he was just in the movie bad boys and oh like my gosh, yeah how so awesome is that? it everything just came to fruition with the people i surrounded myself with it was like someone wasn't working hard they're done like if someone bitches and moans about the training not going to work with them and um just created that atmosphere and what i do is kind of different so from 5 a.m or really 4 a.m in the morning until 10 all my clients can come during that time it's i i don't do anything singular like like a teenage whatever actor can work out with a rapper or a seal even and like i just want hard-working people working out together pushing themselves even if they're different so you you did this for four months in louisiana yeah moved then... it to hollywood hills started i didn't have money for this either but i was just like whatever and i built the gym in this small tiny garage and they would live with me and i started getting a lot of guys out of rehab from hockey and like they're the sickest minded people ever. So I was like, yeah, they're awesome. I was like, <laughs> I was like, these guys are it. Yeah. And I would have, it was like a frat house. This is before I was married, before I had a baby. So it was whatever NFL players, hockey, and a couple of my buddies in the SEALs. And my favorite time ever is when the hockey players that were just getting sober and the SEALs were working on the gym. Who was it? It was like, um, these are the seals are uh-huh. they're they're new like okay they're young guys they're young guys okay. these are 24 year old we wouldn't know cats yeah i'm glad they're still acting like that oh yeah <laughs> and they're just so that we wouldn't count to any number it was just like here's the number on the board it could be a thousand push-ups whatever but you don't count to a thousand you count when you start getting tired so we'll do whatever 100 push-ups if you die out a 100 that's when you start counting to a thousand right and all these guys were like, the NHL guys trying to get sober, they wanted to get punished so bad every morning, so they didn't want to party. And the SEALs, they're on a different level mentality. So it was just puke every single day. Oh, oh there was fights. It was the best time ever. And then Fun. when got a family, I made sure the next house had a guest house separated from the house so they can go out there, have girls, whatever. But every single morning at 5 a.m. we're going to work. Every single afternoon at 2 we're going to work. And at night we're going to work. And I don't care what you do throughout the day, but you're going to come in and do... Like, I'm not... My brain isn't with exercise science, kinesiology. I don't write programs. I just like pushing people past their breaking point. I love that you're mixing seals with actors and athletes. So what is, how are people finding you to Everything's word of mouth. So like they'll tell their buddy like, you got to come here, whatever. And then like an actor will be on a TV show. Then he'll bring the other people from the TV show or the movie. I read that you worked with Mark Consuelos. Is that right? Yeah, so he was like my first person ever. So when I was interning at the gym, everyone was... I worked every single day from open to close and I, whatever, cleaned the gym, whatever, did everything I could. So when people didn't want to work weekends at the gym, I would open it up Sunday morning, early, whatever. And I was in there. A lot of people never showed up, but I just wanted my own clients. And Mark Consuelo showed up early, like at 5 a.m. on a Sunday. And we worked out together and uh, we've been 
pretty much close ever since. We love Mark and oh, yeah. Kelly. They're a great family. Yeah. Oh, they're, I mean, kids too, man. You look at them like they're like the perfect family. I, I, like, yeah. I, I, like, I was like, hey, you guys don't have to be. Because <laughs> yeah. you walk in and it literally looks like TV. Like, it looks like a TV. That's what I, I mean, said. Kids, like, this is picture perfect, like, dude. Kids so said, walked out with hair part on the side. Well, man, I'm like, what are you, the president we already? Were on, we were I on the president, man. Like, yeah. hey. So we um, we had met Mark and Kelly multiple times um, through mutual friends at dinner. And then we were vacationing in Telluride, and they have that house up there. So we um, met them at their house, and that was the first time we met the kids. We walk in, and they just looked so perfect. And Marcus actually said, he goes, you need to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like a Saturday night. We're just yeah. hanging out. And, the, and he is, this kid is, it's uh, Joaquin, right? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a good fighter, too. He is now. so polite. This yeah. was many years ago. Oh, yeah. He's so polite, like perfectly poised. Just, he was just like a You can still have that and be child. a great fighter, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> don't know that. We didn't mean that. <laughs> he was just, that family is awesome. I, I remember I climbed, so in, climbed into the fireplace. What, oh, what, yeah. Marcus, <laughs> their, their fireplace was, um, what do you call it? Like backfilling yeah, when the, the, the smoke comes in the, oh. in the living room. The fire is going, and Marcus is crawling in the fireplace to see if the <laughs> um, flue is open or not or whatever. And Kelly and their daughter were like, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. <laughs> That's what rednecks are for. Yeah. That's what I call that because our necks get scratched going up the fireplace. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to worry about him. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, man, they're, it was they're so great. funny. But uh, when I read that you had worked with Mark, I just thought that was so uh, awesome. Cause... And I love him because he, like, he goes balls to the wall every single time. Like the guy's in crazy shape, but he works for it mm -hmm. and kelly like, does too oh yeah i haven't worked with her just with mark and joaquin a couple uh -huh. times and it's almost like they're too perfect like, yeah. i was like what's wrong with you like there has to be something well, i mean like, think about this yeah. so the world that they that he occupies yeah. i mean you, you, you got to think if you train that hard to look that yeah. good on and do what they do on tv i mean they're not. I don't think they have great character because that's their character. Yeah, yeah. you know what it's I mean. It's like, after a while, it's just yeah. freaking in there, man. And you're like, hey, uh, are you messing with me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like every time I say something, you give me a perfect answer. Yeah. Or if I, like you're like playing, like the, um, they read the emotions, right? He's like, ah, oh, you want you want me happy? Okay. I'm like, and it's like, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just an awesome family, and I, I loved that you worked with them. Yeah, and. Uh... It's funny because Justin was actually one of the first athletes I worked with. And um, my mentality with training, well, with myself at least, not with other people, is I want to try something that I know that physically is way out of my wheelhouse every single time. Like I, I read a bunch of Bruce Lee stuff about how he tested his body and like with everything, fasting, training, everything. So, um, like, for instance, I never ran over a mile. Like, football is always 100 yards, topped out. And then I was like, I saw a video of this bigger guy running a marathon. I was like, if he can run a marathon, I'm like, fuck, I'll run double. And then I didn't train for it. I wore sweatpants shorts and, like, the wrong shoes, hopped out in Compton and did it for charity. And I, I just said, I'm going to run 50 miles. And... You ran through Compton? I ran from Compton to Malibu. Yeah, I bet and... you was all an ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he started in Compton. You stick around there. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> you there. Yeah. <laughs> I had, so Compton, they have 
over 200 horses in it in Compton. And they had the guys in Compton, they're like, you know, if you're going to have like the sprinter bus in front of you and you're running shirtless through Compton, we're going to ride next to you. So yeah. I had. Yeah, you want to leave you alone, run through there naked. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I'd be like, this white boy's crazy. Crazy. Though, man. <laughs> He's on something. Yeah. So they had two horses running next to me for 13 miles. How'd she handle oh, nice. it? She was pretty emotional during it since I broke my ankle a mile 13 out of the 15. Oh and then gosh. I tore my hip a mile 20. So I was screaming literally the whole way. And she's like, just end it. And I was like, no, like I told, like I'm finishing the 50 miles. Like there's no way. I was at mile like 47. And I finally checked like the GoFundMe for the charity. And it was at like $300. And I was so pissed. I just started throwing shopping carts out like in the oh. street. I was so mad. And then. My mom started filming like how bad I was struggling, and then it ended up getting to like fifty thousand dollars to the charity over two miles. So it ended up working out. And um, but yeah, I, I really like testing the mental I over think the. We physical. donated to that. Thank you. I think you. we did because you. you. I didn't know you were doing it until you were po- somebody was posting but um by the way if you don't follow alex on instagram you totally should because it's a super interesting lifestyle but um but i i think that we donated to that um it was for the domestic abuse it was for right the domestic violence charity yes. yeah, yeah so my my mom that. was with the haven shelter during a rough time and then i always wanted to give back to domestic violence shelter that she was at that helped her uh-huh. So I was like, that's I'm going to so run a marathon. Awesome. And then I was like, mm, I'll, I'll double it. Yeah. And that's what happened. But back to like yeah. testing the mental or physical is I was training Justin. We were at his house, had a couple of drinks. And then I think someone like recognized him and talking a bunch of shit like, oh, whatever. You're not shit. I was like, I could be a pro athlete in less than a year. Like, you're not shit. Like, <laughs> And then... He was like, all right, let's put money on it and do it. We put 500 bucks on it. I went back home to L.A. I was thinking about sport, and I was like, well, I could pair up with like a good volleyball player in a tournament and get my pro card easily. Then I saw bull riding. You only needed to get $1,000 of winning to apply for a pro card. Then you get approved or denied. And I called this guy who has a ranch up in L.A., and he trains all the bull riders. Called him and was like, hey, um, I saw your stuff. I want to become pro in a year. You think I can do it? And he was like, he's like, all right, sack up. Come here tonight. <laughs> Told my girl at the time, I was like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. And drove up, was at this ranch, and it was all Brazilian dudes and cowboys who were sleeping in like bunk beds. They, uh, they, they were trying to psych me out of it the next morning. They're like, oh, my buddy just le- lost his left nut last week. Like, I, I just, <laughs> This guy lost his leg. You're going to be fucked tomorrow. Like, all this stuff. And then I didn't know the Brazilians. This is their thing, apparently. They drink half a bottle of whiskey, piss in the rest of it, and then they chug it. Ew. And they thought it would be, yeah. They thought Gross. it would psych me out. And I was like, no, nope, I'll do it myself. I'm not trusting that. <laughs> so I did it. And then I was tuned up, tuned in yeah. for the next morning. Yeah. They're like, we're putting you on this baby bull to start off with whatever. They didn't tell me anything. I didn't have rope. I was wearing my you know, cowboy boots. You know why I do that? <laughs> so you won't think about it. Yeah. If, if you have something to think about, you'll overthink it. If, exactly. It's just like, because you know, it had to be back in the day, right? 
I wonder if I can ride that motherfucker. Just <laughs> 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 you know, getting that right? He's like, oh, I can ride that. So you place. rode the bull? So yeah, they said it was a baby bull, and it starts bucking in the cage. I was like, God damn it, this isn't a baby bull. Yeah. And then they're like, before they open the cage, they're like, this is blood sport. Have a good time. And then I got thrown off the bull, and they're like, run. There's no, there's no rodeo clown in there. So my Heather feet, was, yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> where do you think that term came from? Yeah, that's where we're testing you out that for. Was, yeah, the first it. stage of being a, a cowboy is the clown. Yeah, and if you got one of them suckers who stay in there for a living, he made it past the cowboy and uh-huh. went back to being teaching the clowns. That's... And that them dudes, we know that man, uh-huh. man. There's some crazy rodeo clowns. Oh. Okay, so what happened? Oh yeah, so I got bucked and then I got thrown into the cage, chipped my tooth and like just face was just bashed and they're like they're like all right they're like you want to ride again i'm like yeah and then there is a pot for all the pro bull riders you throw 50 dollars in the pot whoever wins the day gets the pot and the second place gets whatever their money back and uh i ended up riding seven bulls that day and i got in fourth place out of eight and then i was like so do i got a shot and they're like yeah, you got a shot. Like, your technique is shit, but you hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> that is technique. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that's the name of the game. Yeah. That's what them dudes with the other ones are trying to get. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, if you're born with that, good on You need to just get after it. Yeah, so the reason why I was cool with bull riding is, like, it wasn't a passion. Didn't grow up on a farm. But when I sat on a bull or when I played football in college and there was big stands, it, I didn't. I never had adrenaline. It was always a, almost like hypnosis, where I'd get to the zero level below. Like, is almost like meditation. And when I sat on the bull, it was just like a, like we weren't. I wasn't fighting the bull or nothing. It was like we're two energies moving the same motion. And like, so I was never nervous how big the bull was, how hard it bucked. It was like I'm gonna sit on it, and reality hits when you fall off, and that's every time. So I was always the calmest, whatever, cucumber on the bull every time. <laughs> but <laughs> And that's what saved me. So oh I ended up gosh. doing like a couple rodeos and it didn't get the year. Still have to pay him back. But I'm waiting on it. I, I ended up getting pro card after three years. And then the PBR is having me do uh, a rodeo, like a top 50 in the world as like, a guest, whatever rider. So that's going to be my last, my last rodeo. Oh my gosh, how yeah. fun is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, same, when you get up on a Mustang, I mean, just think you got a kid that's a wild ass Mustang. If you put him with a wild, they'll tame each other. Yep, you know what I'm <laughs> that's how. That's what that. And you got to think then ones that were tamed. Somebody got up on them one time. and you should come down. Do we do the Danny Dietz Memorial Rodeo down here oh, every would... year. It's a uh, Memorial Day weekend, and it's all in honor of Danny Dietz from Operation Red mm-hmm. Wing. His uh, widow comes out. There's like 20 widows that come out from a Virginia show, Beach. It's all, I mean, um, it's but cool. it's like a huge festival. It's a rodeo, a car show, a barbecue cook-off, um, all kinds of fun stuff all in the same day at the same place. Oh, I would love to do yeah. that. Yeah, and even the kids, um, I know you just have a tiny baby, but as years go by, they do mutton busting on the sheep oh, where you I put the kids tried. on the... <laughs> I already tried. I was like, yeah, can she, like, I bought, after when I was done bull riding, I bought two dirt bikes, 
big one for me and then a little one. Uh-huh. And she's like, what the hell is that for? And I was like, well, like, she's going to ride eventually, right? And then she's like, no. And I was like, yeah. well, can she mind bus? And she's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, yeah. I was like. I'm the one trying to throw my kids on the little, on the sheet. But our kids are just, they have this um, instinct like instinctual fear they know okay that's gonna hurt and i'm not gonna do it i'm not ready for that Our well it comes with uh like my brother still rides and she you know i, she, I can't mention them I, I, I don't know i can sit on, on, on the only bull i ride is that toro mower out there it's red right <laughs> so you're a red bull here that horse and that bull feel every inch of you mm-hmm. oh like if you're if you're getting on there to have fun he, and do it enough times he'll want to have fun with you if you get on there thinking you're gonna sh- out show him in front of a fucking arena full of people for a bunch of money, you don't think they know that? They know. I mean, oh. they'll give you a ride, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. And it's got a, it's like give and take, kind of the way we were built. They they know that. And if it's the same with the motorcycle. Like you got a little kid, man, I'd be riding around on a little motorcycle. Otherwise, if he sees daddy riding on a big one, yeah, I can do it. Why can't? Because there's different sizes every male, right? That, yeah. They don't know that adult what that means yet. Because we don't grow up fast. We just get big fast. Growing up takes. Forever, you know, we never do that either. But um, every every day is kind of a learn deal. So it's uh, it's there's nothing wrong with that. It's, that's what it's for. Any of the stuff that gets you off your feet and your natural norm is testing you in every way. And that's that's. I mean, you can fall down one of those. You can fall down anything. Right. So Justin, you play for the Cardinals. Yeah, I play for the Cardinals right now. I just I just hopped on board two days ago. Alex is like, I'm going out to do this podcast. I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> We're glad you're here. But uh. we want to hear if you live. Did you live with Alex? Yeah, so I, I lived out in L.A. and trained there two off-seasons, and I met him at this gym that he was working at. And then ever since then, I'm L.A. isn't for me. So he always like, you got to come out, you got to. <laughs> but after those two uh, off-seasons out there training with Alex, I uh, stayed stayed in Arizona. But he's he's my guy. Every time I got a question or anything, I always call him. And every time he called me, like, hey, you want to go to Bogota, Colombia? We're shooting a movie <laughs> down there. I said, yeah, that's, that's out of Hold my. Oh, let me think about it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, book, I'll book the flight. Well, like with everything that – He's way more scheduled than I am. I'm whatever. If it sounds cool, let's do it. So like, I'm like Bogota, and he's like, "Well, where do you fly in? Like, who's picking us up?" I was like, "I don't know. Yeah. Meet me there." He said, like, <laughs> Pete, Pete will have somebody at the airport. I'm like, "I'm flying to Bogota, Colombia, like, <laughs> by myself." Know somebody's there. <laughs> Someone was waiting for me. Yeah, I, oh I, I actually stayed with him in uh, New Jersey at his place for a while during the season uh, for a couple of years when he was on the Giants. Yeah, the only thing that'll outrun a text message is this right here. You want to do something? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's kind of, that's how that's how it works. I mean, you can the the reading part is that's easy, man. That's kind of the outline, right? Yeah. But then you, once you get out there and have to run into it, that's different. Anything you read is not going to look like that. No, right? no. It's, it's not going to look like that. No. Plain and simple. <laughs> so, are you still doing this concept of having people live with you? Yeah, and I am. Them? It's in. Uh, it's in uh, Malibu right now. Um, we have the guest houses separate, and it's usually it's not a frat house anymore where it's a bunch of guys. I have them train at the same time, four a.m. till ten, but usually only one or two stay with us in the guest house at a time. So do you do the whole? Um, like I'm into the Karate Kid movie. Have you went oh, Cobra Kai? Have you seen Cobra Kai? Yet? Yeah, so great. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's very into it. Like when you were saying Bruce Lee, that's totally Marcus. I'll go all day with you on that one, man. Yeah. I, I came up with something that's too. That's what yeah. Marcus grew up doing karate. That's his specialty. So he's. So what I learned, man, with conditioning, you know, he always talked about water. Mm-hmm. I, I follow that old path so much so I, I submerge myself in it. You can't even yeah. believe what that taught me. <laughs> you know, that tune with no sound? 
That's yep. what being underwater is. Being alive underwater, you can't hear anything. Take your senses away from you. So all you have to do is just nothing. See, I can't swim. Like I was never taught how to swim. I can stay. Like I go out in the ocean a lot. Sweet, but... I got a pond back. Yeah, we go yeah. get we'll take we'll care of that. Gonna teach you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. I can yeah, tread. I can tread water, but my overhead, I can't. Like my shoulders have had four replacements, so like I can't. My range it? of motion. Who was it? Fatty, that was it. He was the one that got on the bodyboard and his big board shoulders and arms got ripped oh, out. Yeah. He wrote, went out to Hawaii. He just had shoulder replacement surgery, oh, had man. his both arms in slings, and went and rode the pipeline on the surface. <laughs> out past pipe. Yeah. I mean, it must have been 45 feet. The way was 45 feet. He's got a picture of him. I'm like, that is, he's like, if I died, I died. It's okay. And I'm like, no, how is that okay? He's another seal. That- so the, when it comes to water, just imagine. 400,000 people when that tsunami rolled in. That water was two feet tall. That's it. Two feet. I was a 45-foot weight gin out there. To, to get on something like that. Yeah, yeah. How powerful water is. You can't contain it. No. You can hold it. <laughs> you know, you play with it. And if you, if you throw it hard enough, it'll hurt. Kind of deal. That that did, man. So all right, when you got the guys staying out there, are you doing the whole swordsmanship thing? Like, you're the, you're the teacher, and they have to clean up everything and keep everything in check? Oh, uh, they... Uh... Because if you hadn't started yet, you need to do. I did. No, they you just have to work around here. If you want me to teach you something, you ain't got no money. That's how that happens. Yeah, you ain't got no money like us. Like we didn't have any. Yeah. You just find the dude. And don't go to his school. That's where everybody has money. They go there. Yep. You know that, that's how that works. You, if you're broke, the joke. You want you want some training? Go to the dude's house. Just stand out there until he gets to know you. If he won't let you in, then say, hey, "I'll work." Just show me. So they're doing all that. Oh, uh, they. So even if it's if they're staying in the house, they're now they're watching the baby while we go get groceries oh, like they're cleaning the gym every time after someone comes in like everything has to be made like i go down to the guest house and i'm like why is there shit everywhere like they can't yeah. like it has to be like you're living in my space now like this is a world like everything everything's pretty pretty structured in that sense it's just almost chaos but yeah. i do chaos. the whole miyagi thing like I, I start with there's an old busted up woodpile behind my barn, and it's usually a, I have the kids mess it up, and then the first one I was like, hey, straighten up that woodpile, and then you, you know you see them just toss it, it'll be everywhere, and I, and I'll say, well, does that look like I would do that? How would it be if I did it? So they have to redo the redo whole, the whole thing. And then I, I mean, I, I literally had Alan. He lives here. I had him for three years just running before I even got close to him, and then after that, I you know, and we. Even Emmett, you had yeah, Emmett he, they wanted, stuff. You know, he was an introvert. Yeah, Emmett was always down and kind of arms folded in. So every, I told him, I was like, hey, I'll tell you one time, pick your head up, you know, be proud. You got a mama. Joe, you're proud. She gave you life, right? And anytime I see him around the house, man, when the women are around, it's like, yes sir, no sir. But when they're gone, I'm like, hey, you little shit. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? And I'd slap him in the back of the head, dude. <laughs> when we were at dinner one time at this expensive restaurant, I don't know why, but I was instinctually I looked over, he had his head down because he was picking up some food and I slapped his ass off. <laughs> and his mom was like, I just came over there. And uh but like I started in the gym, getting him in shape with the curls, right? Yep. And then you know those old pull-up bars or uh dip, dip bars? bars yeah. yeah. So instead of a wooden dummy, I have a metal one. And he has to do that kind of wing and in the the curls, I was like, okay, somebody goes to grab you, do a curl real fast. So if you ingrain that muscle doing that that mechanism, and then they don't think that you're teaching them anything. Right. And if you do it like, and the reason you, you do it for no money, because the, any craft they get is what they're going after to, to earn that, right? And mm-hmm. they, it just, uh, if you just keep giving somebody something all the time, then they forget how to do it. That's what a machine is. And now you're like, the other day I saw him talking to Alan and he's like, hey, 
give me whatever kind of kick. And Alan was like, I don't know how to do that. And he's like, but he reworded it to something that he's been making him do, like working in the yard wise or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's the same thing. And he's like, yeah, you just have to position you know what, your body you know what like is, that. Right? You make them work and clean. Oh, yeah. You see how, you see how their body works. Like if they if they're bent on like, mm, like oh, this motherfucker, I just, all right, fine, I know what I got. You know, it's like yeah. it's like if you if you, if you can't bend over and do some sit ups, I'll be picking up pine straw because then you're not thinking. Like I said, you're not thinking about it. Right. Then you just got to get it done because you you want something from it, and that's how you. That's well, how you I do love it. that you're doing this. This is totally up our alley. We have kids in and out of here every summer, and I just I love hearing. We do the yeah, do that, you know, the kids next door, and then the Hollywood kids and everybody. They kind of and they're a crew now. They keep it. I mean, you, just like I grew up, I still got the same guys. I've been running around my whole life. I mean, it didn't matter how far you separated us, we find each other. And if you separated us too far, we found their doppelganger. <laughs> I mean, we got to find each other. I did, we did the same thing. I got an eight. Me and the same kids since I was six years old, same friends. Because that's how kind of that cycle right there is how it works. Yep. Like, you know, they'll, they'll throw you on the high side and be like, hey, living life, right? And then the next bird, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's cool. You can't look at it like you're going into the into the into the darkness or into the pits because on the roller coaster ride that's the best part that's the best part. i mean screaming through the darkness coming out on the light side man it's like oh wow that's how that you know this, that's adrenaline that's why i keep telling everyone like a lot of these actors especially in athletes everything's overnight they went from they went from living in studio apartments with their mom whatever to being a superstar and like if they spend too much time being superstars or athletes whatever they forget naturally like where their order is like you're not better than me you're not better than the person on the street like you're still gonna work no matter what and it's it's been cool like mixing like the different cultures in or just like dudes from miami-dade county to like whatever and like the athletes and the actors like who don't know anything about football now like love justin and like want to come out to games and that's like a cool part. That's so cool. Offensive linemen aren't like, uh, we're not like receivers and quarterbacks though. So we're not like, the, <laughs> everybody has a job, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is. So it, do you see this growing into like a facility or do you always want to keep it real? No. So it? I, uh, business wise, like I always want to open my gym in LA, like have it that, that way. But it's so saturated where there's so many gyms on every single corner where and the overhead is so high where I don't want to open something like that there. It, I'm going to keep it in my house. It's going to be different. If you like it, whatever. And yeah, if you don't, have any money, if you man, don't then you then, go buy another building. Yeah, I then mean, go. You're in the building. If you want it to look like the gym you want to build, that's what you make them do. Yeah. I mean, that's how that is. It's the it's this because there's always the outline. You know what I'm talking about? And then when people teach it, they teach the outline instead of teaching the trick they learned. You know what I mean? And that and, and that's I mean, that's unique since because we're all unique, right? And and we all are. I mean, a, a, that perfect puzzle, that perfect picture. If you smash it apart, all the pieces are imperfect, and that's for a reason. They have to feed each other and and take care of each other. So yeah, I mean, if you're running people in and out of there, and it's just kind of like so crowded, they'll find something to do, or they'll find the guy next to them, and you kind of and you watch, right? You yeah. know, <laughs> whatever. But the minute you take that part away, look at yourself like that. I'm kind of a movie nerd too. It's like yeah. the Jedi guy. Yep. You know, Yoda took his ass out to the middle of nowhere, and eventually one of them found him, just to get kind of get the knowledge to go back out to pass it around. I don't know when he watches all these movies. <laughs> I haven't seen. That's what we think of Duke. He I is mean, such a movie. First, how to get all that? that stuff. Yeah, so I, I watch. Just, I can just watch you, baby. I watch movies every night. Like, Cass goes to bed. I'm up. 
like when it comes nighttime and all the work's done, my mind just starts going crazy. So like I'm up and I'll, I'll watch movies all night long. Well, that's that's what train. So in the SEAL teams, they take us take everything away from us, even your identity, and then they beat it out of you. They they beat you till you're a slave, hostage to onto the ground, nothing left. You, all you're looking is, I mean, you don't even. You, most of the guys, I don't even know their name. Mm-hmm. We, you know, just call what they call us, and that kind of thing, man. And I'm, it, it was chaos until you start building that back up piece by piece. And it, and, it, and they would use movies as a. That's how we got our identities. Yeah. And then if you if you if you want to be something, if you want it to become a reality, then you just watch it, and then you put it on the walls, right? And then we go into a gun battle, and we'd be all bummed out. I'd put on the like Band of Brothers or something where you're watching our boys kick kick ass. And then I just like, you know, I'm talking about that's what brings you out. If you sit, if you get hurt and go, go watch about movies about dudes getting hurt and keep watching that movie, then you will absolutely fall into that. The mind, that's what the mind, that's how the mind works. But if you, if you just, you know, you get your ass busted up and then put Rocky back in, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why that movie does so well. Yeah. Thank you, Sly. <laughs> so with the, a common thing with the like seals that come into the gym, like I'm so curious with them, like, there's no really common denominator. Like there's some that are pizza boys in New Jersey. There's some that live with their mom and they're like one of my closest friends just graduated. And he, when I known him since we grew up, like I used to whoop his ass up and down the street and he was not like a tough guy, but he could always take it and always come back. He always come back. So it was like I was asked. Yeah, that just keep coming back, yeah. dude, like a rash. Yeah. Like, hey, you, hey, what, you sure? There was a guy that trained Marcus um, in the book. They talked about him a little bit, Billy Shelton. And I asked him one time, like, what his overall thought process of was with Marcus, because he's trained, he still trains kids. Mm-hmm. He's trained kids forever. And he said, Marcus will never quit. He, I can beat his ass. I can tell him that his I slept with his mama last <laughs> night he, he got into Marcus's head every day that's how it pissed me off and, yeah. and he and he would tell him don't don't come back you piece of shit and Marcus would show up the next day it was like no matter what he did mentally or physically to beat him and he beat the shit out of him from yeah, height, the men, the men, like from a young age, oh. and Marcus kept going. I was the worst, dude. He was throwing me out of the gym called Dime Time when I come walking in there because I couldn't lift up two tens on the bar. Two twenty five was a huge deal for me. Yeah, and so, but he said the one thing about Marcus is he won't quit. And the more every seal that I meet, I always interrogate them and ask them like their childhood story and everything. And the one common denominator out of all of them, because some of them are kids from very affluent families, you know, parents are doctors. Some of them are parents beat the shit out of them. There's, they come from all walks of life. So it's not that you can't narrow it down to like, Oh, they're abuse. You know, there's not, that isn't it. Some of them come from great families. Some of them come from horrible, horrible families. But the one thing is it, it is a mental thing. They've got the fire in the gut and they will keep coming back no matter what. And it's, it's about, the man standing next to him like they're gonna keep coming back for to save him like whatever it is it's always about that brotherhood and about just taking it taking anything that's thrown to them
Oh yeah, man. If you're born young into chaos and in in skinny and, and broke down, man, that's for a reason. That's because of how dangerous you could be, or how bright you can shine. Excuse me, because you keep it ignorant like that, it'll just beat stuff up and it won't do anything. But if you focus it, if it's diamonds are formed through pressure, damn near everything is. So the more pressure you got on it as at the young age, imagine what, what it's going to turn into. You see that kid over in the corner that can't even lift, you know, just waiting for you, everyone, all the big guys to leave so he can just straighten the gym up. That's how you get strong the first time. You just kind of start straightening the gym up. Watch that dude. I mean, Billy, the first time he laid me on the bench, he had a curl bar. And load, I was, he's like, you good? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. And then he started just stacking. And he goes, here, dime time. And just started putting tens <laughs> on the side of it. And I, he kind of lifted up the one of my arms, man. My, 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 literally, my arms and legs were the same size. <laughs> right? And, uh, man, I, I had it down like this, and some, a couple guys tried to come help me, and Billy's like, you know, like a T-Rex, man, just walking around. He's like, what are you doing, man? And I look at him upside down like this. <laughs> I was like, hanging out right now. And he's like, I, I was like, I can't lift it, man. He's like, man, bitch, I hope you die. <laughs> and walked away. He would say that. And left me there. Yeah. I was like. Okay, man. And I think a lot of people write in to us or whatever to Marcus, and they're like, "Oh, if um, my son wants to be a seal, can Marcus give him words of encouragement?" And deep down, I'm like, "If your kid needs words of encouragement to be a seal, he's not gonna make it. Like, you, it has to come from within." Yeah. And I mean, yes, have people you look up to, like whether it's Marcus or Bruce, like whoever you look up to have those people but you it you don't need them to reinforce something it has to come from within so your friend that you grew up with he is he graduated buds and he's he graduate um he graduates on the 24th this month oh how fun yeah and um but working with like just a lot of guys Uh like a lot of them grew up actually with the Los Angeles Rams. And so when I train some of the Rams guys, they bring their buddies in That's and it's so just, fun. yeah, it's the best time. I but the, that. yeah, the common denominator, like I was trying to figure it out, just what separates in it. And like, what I try to think is like, it's all just self-motivation. Like a lot of people and said this before, like not mean call out anyone, but like Gary V and Tony Robbins, a lot of people pay a lot of money to get inspired by another person to do something great. And like, they shouldn't look at them for inspiration. They should look at them like, Oh, that's a cool dude. They're doing good stuff, whatever. But if you're not, you don't got fire when you wake up to do something great. Like, like I met really successful plumbers and guys on wall street making nothing because they they don't work hard. So it doesn't matter what you do. It's just like the self motivation of I'm going to be the greatest at whatever I do in this skill set, whatever. And that's what the cool thing with the seals was like, yeah, I was a pizza boy. I wasn't doing shit with my life, but I like, I never quit. So I just joined the seals and now he's tough ass dude. And it gets into a fight every single day, which is the best part. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole deal. That's like Goggins. He was an exterminator. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Those kind of jobs are there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, the CEOs, man, he didn't work at pizza. I'm like, yeah, he probably did. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah, I mean, right? you put them kids in there, teach them how to drive. Yeah. You know, it's like if you he get kids, get parking tickets, off. make them work at the Pizza Hut or something like that. I mean, there's always something to discipline something. You got to think somebody like we exist, the fighters, and what we are, because back in the day, some old fool decided not to be a dad. And whatever that was that was coming in there got out of line. So then here we are. You know, the alpha's got to come back, curb, curb back into check. That's not the ladies' jobs. That's not their job. 
right? They're kind of t- nurturing everything like that. Keeping in check, that's our job. And if we don't keep our, our males in check, then they, the women will just kind of sit back and then they'll, they'll let everything fall apart. That's not true. I will whoop someone's ass. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean the overall. If like if it just can't, not, not, I know in this house, baby. I'm talking about like, well, that's what that is. Yeah. Hey, if you don't think a woman, you think a woman, everyone thinks that they'll whip your ass with physical strength. That's not how that works, man. That's grace and love is what they are. And the minute them, some, the minute they stop, stop shining, dude, everything just gets dull. <laughs> They've done a study over time. What happens when you pull them away from us? It's called prison. We separate by color and kill each other just because it's fun. You yeah. put one of them around there, everybody's like, what was that? <laughs> Speaking of strong women, can we talk about your wife for a second? Yes, we can. Okay, because yeah. I'm such a fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you tell us, tell the listeners who your wife is. Uh, she's a singer, actress. Her name is Cassie Fine now. It was Cassie Ventura. And um, Kidding me. Is it Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. I mean, uh, but no one even knows. Ace Ventura joke's going to come out right now? Because, I mean, that was hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> like a glove. Yeah. <laughs> Like Ace? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to if we had a son, that's why I was like, Ace. And she's like, no, that was my nickname in <laughs> middle school. Hey, that's what I was like, okay, yeah. thank you. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like, and she's like, absolutely not. That fly over body's head? How but, many? Oh, uh, yeah. She, How'd you meet her? So we met, actually, about four years ago. We were just at, like, an event, and I was just like, wow, she's, like, the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Two years after, or yeah, like two, three years after that, see her again, same exact event. And I never go to events. Like, usually stay at home, just chill, saw her again, and I was like, I need to take you out of the day. Don't know if you remember me, all this stuff. She was like, I remember you, but she was acting way cooler than I was. I was like, I we have to go out on a date. <laughs> so finally took her out, and uh, it was almost instant connection called my brother i was like oh i'm marrying her and marriage wasn't a thought in my mind any point in that time and then uh we got actually got married after like a year and a half being together p was a minister and then we just had the baby and that's like from where i was two years ago for a house to now it's just it's just mind blown mind blown blown. like having the child and like instant family yeah especially a little girl like 100 percent, i thought it was gonna be a boy there was no doubt in my mind i was like this is a boy i'm gonna name an sec quarterback name like, oh i got hey <laughs> yeah. that's what i can, I mean with parents right like hey what can you hook me up with a cool ass handle and our kids like bravery and yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm saying i was like he's gonna be a sec quarterback like we're gonna move to texas whatever <laughs> and then we had a girl and whole thought process changed like how i was gonna raise her everything so how i was raised is completely different how this is gonna be like for instance how you're saying like how your dad would whoop you my mom when i got in a fight at school she took me right we lived in the hood in cincinnati and she took me right out to this boxing gym called lord's boxing gym yeah there's one in austin oh yeah a dollar for the year yeah man and it was in the heart of Cincinnati, had the baddest dudes all from prison. And I was 13. She's like, my son thinks he wants to be a fighter. He's fighting in school. Teach him out of it. So they brought a kid in my age and I whooped him. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, in my mind. I was like, all right, mom. Hey, I, was like, bring, I was like, bring in the next one. I was like getting cocky about it. And then they bring in this guy that was fighting in the Olympics and he f- feathered me up so good the oh technicians oh, <laughs> yeah that's got, why they do that i got punched a thousand times yeah. in less than a minute and yeah. then she's like you still want to be a boxer and i was so stubborn i was like yep next one 
And I kept going until I got knocked out. And then the owner was like, sorry, like this guy, can't, yeah. you can't, like we can't have a grown man knocking out a 13 year old kid. We can't have abuse. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then when I lived with my dad when I was older, we got kicked out of gyms because when we, he would have argued with me, he was a smaller guy, but he was a hockey player, tough Russian dude. We'd go into gyms where they had a mat or a boxing ring. And we had to settle it with hands. And we got kicked out of three gyms in our neighborhood because he would break my nose and I'd bleed everywhere. I'd get so mad and like, and we, I would just leave and there were blood everywhere. So we weren't allowed in like three gyms because we yeah, were so just. So you're uh, not raising your daughter like that. Daughter completely <laughs> different. I want her to. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. when you yeah. in the gym. So you say, say, take it outside because mm-hmm. if you're gonna do the bull thing, like it's not a where you know the arena. Yeah. When this goes down, we go up the walls, and you know yeah. that kind of deal. It's uh, oh, my daughter. But you still need to teach her how to fight. Oh, I'm teaching mine to be, oh. be a ninja. Yeah, she'll be an un, like a she'll know every pickup line, every dude that I ever heard use. So and guys like, why would you just like, hey man, if you're a badass, you'll figure out a way to beat to outdo me. Yeah. That's what the dogs are for. <laughs> I'm like, if you're slick enough to get past my defense mechanisms, That's then, then good on you. Like the guys that. Teach martial arts to women. A lot of guys will teach them the throws and everything. That's just kind of that's look at us working out and, and stretching and stuff like that. But there's a few places on the man you teach him to go, and it's lights out. He is constantly teaching our daughter if a man comes or even a, a teenage boy, whatever comes up to you, this is where you hit him. And it's always like it's places you would never think about hitting a man, but he knows it's like at certain ages, yeah. at certain it's different different places. The gets yeah. there. I mean, if you slap a kid, he'll start crying and run away. <laughs> But he's like, poke him in their eyeballs, stick your finger up their nose or whatever. I'm like, what? That's the same way. So a daughter terrified me. Like, it's the most special love I've ever had in my life. But like, baby to five, that's the easy stage. What terrifies me is living in Los Angeles and like boys when she gets older. That frightens me more than anything in my life. So like, I already told Cass, it's like Shane, Sugar Shane Mosley is at the gym all the time. I was like, you're teaching her oh, yeah. hands as soon as she can throw. Like, oh, yeah. So that's kind of what I was with, with Bruce, <laughs> Bruce sure. Lee, right? When yeah. he talks about movement and, and slide hands. So if you look at our ladies, what do they do well when you tangle up with them, when you're dancing with them? They can move around through a guy like you can't believe. They flow. It's a flow yeah. state. We don't have that. We're, we're straight ahead, kind of bowling Root. through it, yeah. and they're finessing through the backsides and the front and around to make sure everything's intact. So if you teach a woman to throw a punch, that's kind of a, that's not really what they do, man. If you teach them to move out of the way and push out of the way, if you spend all your time blocking instead of trying, you get hit when you go to throw a punch. Yep. You know what I mean? But moving out of the way, and no one wants to do that because they don't think it looks cool. You know how cool it looks to make a guy look like an idiot if you can't get his hand <laughs> when you can't touch him? You guys are proficient. I mean, that's what they do. So our kids are 15 months apart, our little ones, uh-huh. and acts like... Axe was five months old. You can put this in perspective when I got pregnant uh. with Addie. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da. I'm like, yeah. 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 So, I told you we was getting hitched. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Axe and Addie, they're about the same size because they're so close in age. He teaches them how to fight each other. The other night, she was really grumpy. And, um, yeah, there is that stage. You know, oh, girls. <laughs> I mean, even at seven years old or like PMS yeah. sometimes. And she was really cranky. And Hux cut in front of her at the toilet to pee first because he can do it quickly. And she got so mad at him. And I could just see it just in her head, like thinking, what am I going to do? 
she just reaches over. He's peeing, and on the back of his arm, she pinches that like arm fat oh. right there. Well, he's hanging a wire. Yeah, he's peeing, and she just pinches the crap out of him, and he's like, "Don't be afraid to pee now, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and so it, when he's done peeing, he jumps behind her and puts her in a chokehold, and she wrestles all over. <laughs> <laughs> she wrestles around, and she is just hitting him and he ran off to his bedroom and I was like, Addie, calm down. And finally she calmed down for a minute and as soon as I turned my back, she ran into his room and just slapped him in the face. I'm like, why are our kids so ruthless? But he teaches them. To so you were proud then. You were yeah. mad. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They won't do that if I, as soon as they feel me in the house. Oh, yeah. If he was Right there, they would have never done that. That's, that's what happens when, that when the bull's around. Because <laughs> number one rule is she's, she's happy. So I'll, every now and again, the, you know, she'll raise her voice. And if she has, she'll do everything she can. Yeah. The minute I hear, raise her voice, I'll be like, you say something, hon? And it, it'll be over right there. Because we're like, okay. Yeah. But with, and I tell, so with Adelaide, I'm like, hey, look, no boy's ever allowed to touch you unless you want. Later on, there's a few places right now. Don't worry about that. This ax is different no-no than you. Zone. I was like, I'm training him differently. So he, he's, he's going to take a little bit more pain than you are, so to speak. That's just how that is, okay? The one rule with the ladies is you don't ever say, so-and-so, that boy hit me, if he didn't do it. Because we will automatically attack. So if that happens, which, you know, then the ladies are supposed to take care of that. Because it's a, it's a give-and-take privilege. The dominion and the protection around them is so violent that if the little ones don't understand that, then they can get a lot of people hurt. So you, you kind of teach them like, hey, and that the only time I even say like I'm a tough guy, like with my daughter, I'm like, if you get out of line. Now, every time I ever spank her, I would just kind of flow over my hand. Yeah. I just kind of like, the, yeah, you know, kind of like that. <laughs> I just couldn't, you know, what is your daughter, yeah. man? Like, Come on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if she gets too out of line, I'll just start whipping her brother. You know, by the time I'm done with him, she'd be scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with him, he knows, you know, I don't ever out of anger. It's just a lesson, right? And the anticipation is usually if you're like, hey, I'm going to whip your ass. Go, go in your room till uh, I come get you next week. And then they'll just have to think about getting, That's what my dad would do to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a mile. <laughs> Every door is like, in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, my God. And they just never showed up, right, to do it because of that anticipation. Like, man, I got out of line, dude. And if all it takes is a good tune-up. That's it. If you never understand it, you got to think the oldest person, if they get into a situation they've never been in, they're going to react like a child. That's what, why what you do is so critical and crucial because if you take them out around and what we do, man, someone's always beating on you. And our awareness is completely different. You know, I, I, my eyes were messed up my, at birth for my whole life. I don't, I don't have any depth perception at all. So my dad's like, I'm going to put some depth in your perception. So I react off pressure. Like when, we, when I get into a scrap, I usually have to get hit first. That's kind of how I know what was going down. And if I saw my blood, then it was on. That was it. You know, it was game on. The Christmas tree fell on me last year, man. By the time I was done with that son of a bitch. Oh, my gosh. That was not fun in the house. I mean, you talk about that Hulk. When I was putting one of Allie's day beds together, and I couldn't put that last little pylon in it. You know, that's a test, right? Yeah. Always look at your life as a test. My husband does not build things. Yeah, no, I'm not. I ain't no carpenter. No. I, man, look at the chicken house. Did you know that? No. Yeah, no. Hey, it's he sturdy. Not <laughs> it's got enough nails in it. Yeah. 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 He tried to build no her day bed, yeah. and he couldn't figure out this last piece and i heard just thrashing going on in the bedroom we just a, shut the door we were in a rent house <laughs> and i opened the door to see what was going on he had the 
panel of the daybed and he was trying to beat the ceiling fan off of the ceiling with it. He was so mad. So I just shut the door and I took the kids and we went outside. I'm like, he needs to have Bro, his I took that bite. thing out and dust started his oh, bed. Yeah. He By the time I was done there, it was a guy pulled out. He destroyed the room. Baby furniture, strollers and everything. It's that, weak stuff. You know, I don't, oh. you know, I, I didn't break that it's bad. It's hard. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough shit made. <laughs> it's hard to put together. Oh, I put it together and it makes me so just angry because he's like why don't we just get some hire someone to do this i was like no like no hey (laughs) hey thank god for ikea oh i used to be like this and what that does man is is like that's back in the old days it's pretty brilliant yeah right so if your husband's getting out of line buy him a a, a, the the what an the Ikea names? desk. Yeah, but they got names. They have great names. Yeah, like, yeah. Is that the Remois? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that is so awesome. funny. Well, congratulations on your new baby. Thank your you. new marriage. For... I know. This is the first time I'm actually away from the baby. So Aww. He was FaceTiming the whole time. Oh, I was FaceTiming. Sure. That's good, man. I, yeah. I, I kind of knew what kind of dad I was. Man, I in the beginning, you know, I wound up hurting. You know, they can make a little. Yeah. And I'm a medic, so I know what they can take. Right, but you gotta <laughs> have the finesse too. So, I, um, I mean, Melanie, this one time the baby's crying all night, and she rolls over, and I, I'm like, "Hey, baby, I'll help you." Oh my gosh! So he <laughs> told me when I was pregnant that um, I'm a Navy Steel. I'm I work. I don't say a lot. I probably say oh, like I that. Work, <laughs> I work. I, I work best at night. And so I'll take night duty and acting all tough or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And mind you, we met and got married and got pregnant. Like everything happened super quick. So it, we didn't know each other super well. So I'm thinking, oh, great. My husband's going to have night duty. And I've had a baby before. I mean, at the time, Hunter was 12. So I've been through all of this. I knew I didn't want to do night duty. And he's like, I got this. Mm-hmm. First night home from the hospital. First. It was tough being at the hospital. I was wore out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. We yeah, I mean, hey, watch you go through that. Wore me out. Yeah. <laughs> First cry I did. I sit up and I feed him. And he's still kind of, you know, crying a little bit. And I look over at Marcus. And he literally, his eyes are open. And he. Does a quick close, quick tight close, and rolls over. And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. So yeah, that happened. Yeah. The next day, he woke up and he goes, "I'm a shitbag husband. I'm sorry." And yeah. I go, and by that time, I'd forgotten what happened. He goes, "What?" I said, "Why are you shitbag?" And he goes. I was totally awake all night. <laughs> every time you open, or every time you woke yeah. up, but I didn't. I didn't. I was too scared. I didn't know well, what to do. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm usually laying in the. The reason being because at night seals, or if we're up, is because we're hunting. Yeah. No matter what it is, right? We're oh, just kind of. So now that I, hey, now at home, you know, I mean, I got baby music players. Yeah. My wife's letting the warm bed. <laughs> There's a reason why they make it. If they gave us that crap in the field, seal would just be like. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> when we get coddled, we it. we sleep. You know, if there's no nothing going on, we'll lay there and die. He you know? never yeah. did night duty. Oh, I'm Ever. okay. I'm taking notes. I was laying right I'm there. Taking notes. I did. Yeah, duty. <laughs> I, was, I did the night duty. Like I cleaned up the he duty. He did clean, and I have to say this for all new husbands out there: he changed every diaper. That if he was home, he was changing diapers. Yeah, I, really. I, I hear yeah. guys. Oh, I hear guys all the time, and they're like, "I don't do that. I don't do this." I'm like, "I do." everything and my wife doesn't touch somebody else's shit yeah well i mean but i mean like with a kid or anything like that i mean oh of course i didn't mean i mean like i'm talking like dog poop 
my wife doesn't do that. Not something else, try You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's not how that works around here. I'll clean up, because that's I'm used to getting dirty. So, the, I mean. <laughs> he cleaned every single diaper. Man, I, you know, that's, that's how that works. Oh, yeah. If you pull up the dude, if she's oh. doing that, I mean, because there's, there's the guy like this, man, we just, what do you want me to do? Hold? I mean, I'd be like, hey, oh, that kind of deal. Because <laughs> yeah. every time I had, I'd be rough with him. You know, because like, right. my GI Joe dolls, like, let's see if you can kick. You yeah. know, and I'm like, I'm like, look at this sucker. And then uh, he was really bad about not holding their heads up when they were infants. And yeah. I'm like, you have to hold the back of their head. And he's like, well, it, he looks fine. And I'm like, no, his head cannot be. <laughs> I thought he was just like, he was I thought he was having a senior. Man, I'd be like, yeah, bobblehead yeah. dolls. Yeah. And that's like, supposed to be like, hey. no, that is. Not or maybe okay. that's why they're bobbleheads. Like, if you don't do it, your kid's head look like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the diaper changing in the middle of the night. And when I'm home, I'm the quickest diaper change. Like, it's almost. It's a thing, right? Asleep. Oh, <laughs> I saw totally you think of a competition. What's the, what's the and, and, and the swad- the swaddling. Oh, swad- totally thing. Our baby hates to swaddle, though. I can't, like, for really? some reason, like. But Kaz is like, whenever I'm changing the clothes, I'm just like ripping them off and like moving around. She's like, be more gentle. I'm uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> Like seems fine. Like I'm putting her on her legs, trying to teach her how to walk. She's like, it's three weeks old. I was like, oh, what, stop time. Yeah, I was like, stop time. throwing. It's yeah. like I don't know the timeline. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. of when they talk, walk. Yeah. Like I'm in. It's different for everybody. Oh yeah, I'm trying to teach her uppercuts and like. Oh, how every, cute. Yeah, so I'm learning that. that part is the diapers. That's. In the blink of an eye, they're going to be in college going to national championship. Yeah. I mean, that's literally that next version (laughs) of you, right? Yeah. Like, you wipe your own ass. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, you know, what that is. People who don't take, anybody who doesn't take care of the kids, they don't take care of themselves. That's just what that is. Plain and simple. The more, you know, all that other stuff, man, somebody else doing their duty, then they shouldn't have a kid. That's what marriage is. That whole concept. And it's nothing, with marriage, it's nothing about anybody else or the sex part. That's not it. It's about the the kid, because mm-hmm. the most dangerous thing on this planet is an undisciplined human mind. Yeah. And whoever, and if, if somebody else is training somebody else's kid, that's like another animal training another animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it just I mean, it, the genetic in the beginning disposition. So basically, what you've done is you've taken wh- whoever it is that had a hold of them and put them in that other one. And then they're in the beginning, they're like, wait a minute, I don't know what in the heck's going on. So the marriage, the contract is to say, hey. Truthfully, back in the day, they had kids. You, you had kids when you were young. And, and, and what happened was, is both of you had to raise it and you fell in love with each other. That was the perpetual contract. I mean, you just, because after that, after raising yourselves, you're like, man, let's just stay together. I'm yeah. more out, baby. More out. I don't know. I raised a baby by myself. And I was <laughs> no, well, the mother, yeah, that's, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying the, the whole, when it comes to the marriage contracts, when you hear marriage, you're like, oh, life's funny, man, because you, it's designed for you to start at the bottom and climb all the way to the top and hang up and hit the bell, and then you want to kind of go back down. That's the fun ride. If you hang up at the top, you, you kind of lose respect, and that's why the generations takes one to build it and they usually crawl and then collapse. It's because the, they, didn't, they started to enjoy all the benefits and not pass down what's the true benefit, uh, and that's the education behind it. You don't have to go to a schoolhouse. I mean, if, if, if your parents are successful, truthfully, they can train you. I mean, it, things switch and go, and then you get that wild bull who likes to buck, and he's the one that goes out of the house, goes and, and picks up something else. Is that you? Yeah, but I always came back home. I'm more like a, yeah, I got a base camp. You know, you got those long riders. Imagine truckers and, and guys and your buddies who like to drive long distance. Those are the long riders back in the day. They're the ones to get up on a pony and go. The fishermen, those offshore fishermen, I mean, those are the, yeah. you know, the, the adventurers. So, sorry, we've been talking your head off this whole time. Um, Do you want to talk about your gym that you're opening in Dallas? Oh, yeah. So, with the 
LA thing. It wasn't the right space or anything like that. And uh, basically, I want to recreate the same thing of almost a house and have a whole gym space in it. But I want to still keep it different. So it's going to have the turf in it for the athletes. So I actually got what's what's cool is that the people I train all are investing in the gym and taking part ownership in it. So we're building a gym in Dallas where like a couple of the Cowboys and actors from Dallas, they want to open it up there, but it's the same house material, like where it's the workout is pretty simple. Like everything I do is almost like a prison workout. Like I don't care if you press 300 pounds, like you need to control your body weight first. What you can do with your body is everything. Like if you can squat 700 pounds, cool. But if you can't do a squat jump, then what, what's your use? And so the gym is almost pretty basic. It's super nice on the inside. And then I want to bring in um, basically scientists and people that are different um, to instruct people on like their mind or alter- alternative things to heal their body and their brain. Like I've had probably... 10 concussions and broke my face a couple times. Yeah, it's just kind of putting it back in. Just, yeah, just yeah, a, a lot of noodles around. So Yeah, yeah, right. So I want to bring in different people to that are kind of like off the book, whatever, and make this kind of environment where people hang Have out. Have you been go- to the, um, the Brain Center in Dallas? I haven't. That's so his twin brothers where he should be here for this. Um He's the brain man. He's the brain man. He he worked he went to school for He's probably the foremost expert on brain science and Yeah, he went to school for brain science. After the SEAL teams, he got his masters in neurocognitive. Yeah, he had studied how to fix me. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Like and I was then, jacked up. But he worked at the brain center in Dallas. And apparently, there's it's a really good facility. I was just thinking about back in the day when houses were built real big, just like the you started with a log cabin, probably a tent, right? And then mm-hmm. you built into a log cabin. It's kind of like a space station. Right now, it's a log cabin. Eventually, it'll be a hotel and then a city. When you build that gym, it's usually by yourself. So you build something that's kind of small. And then somebody comes in, they start. You do the mentor program where they build themselves a room. I'm like, that's what you're training you guys to do. It's like you want me to you want to be remembered in here and, tra- and pass down to the next kid. You build your room in here, so we'll remember you. And you're the you're the center pin, right? Yep. You kind of sit there and you train them. And then when they, they come in, I mean, literally, you know, you, can you do one pull up at the gate? All right, once you get one pull up, then you run a mile in here, see what you find. Once you get past that, you keep working your way back, right? Yep. For the young ones, like I don't know if something crazy back there. Everybody who comes out of there is freaking, <laughs> you know, hard as nails. I, I started a program for the kids, and if they go through the entire life, it's a life thing. Start when you're young, right? You know, you get T and Q behind your name. Mm-hmm. And like, man, your team never quit qualified. Just you can go do. You see one of them <laughs> walking around, pick them up. Right? I mean, who else? Is, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, education just doesn't come from a certified teacher in, in the in the schoolhouses. Th- that's what those are certified to do. And you don't need the diploma on a deal is is the first part of it. But those scars are the other ones, man. That chip teeth, like, hey, man, I wrangle with a freaking bull. Let me tell, yeah. me, <laughs> tell me that story and tell me the uh, what I shouldn't do. You know right. what I mean? It's kinda like, All right, if you're walking around, you see this, don't do that because it'll, man, you'll go for this ride. And some of them guys will go like they're supposed to, and then the other ones are supposed to go in there and experience it so they can pass it down because everything evolves. It's kind of like with the police department in the streets. You know, you make our cops softer, the streets get harder. That's why they're the streets. Man, first time you get hit in the face, see your blood, you think you're dying. Are you going to um, open this like to the public or is it going to be word of mouth still? Uh, it's going to be open to the public. So what I'm doing is doing um, 
Dallas, Vancouver, New Orleans, and I'm partnering with New Orleans Boxing Club. You know what you ought to do, man, is you ought to tell them where, where they're at in the city, but don't tell them exactly where. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> that, and that's it. how you start your word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. So, it's and, actually and a great idea. idea. Anybody who knows has the card with the address from the place. And when you run across somebody who you think is worthy enough to go through, or one of your students is worthy enough to actually see you, make a coin. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, somebody, like somebody walking around with a coin and they see some kid. You he know, always like, has clever scavenger Put the coin in the door, things. that's what opens that's it. That's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I got treasure maps going. Every, yeah. every time she, Here's the thing, man. Wife loves going on vacations. I love going on treasure hunts. So I take stuff and drop it off. I mean, I got stuff. Buries things. I mean, at <laughs> the Coliseum in Rome. <laughs> so when I die, hey, my kids, man, you want to find some treasure? I got it planted everywhere. That's you, the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the coolest thing ever. He even has our oldest, um, Hunter, he just got back from Thailand. He's always traveling around the world. And he had him bury things in Budapest, Everywhere. in Thailand, in uh, Paris, all all through Germany. Yep. Um, and Hunter, he takes a screenshot of the coordinates on his um, on his GPS, on his phone, so we know the exact coordinates of where it is, and he writes it in his treasure map. I tell you what, you, your protégés you train, yeah. if they're qualified, because you are. That's what this is. This kind of an interview for Team Never Quit. You, you, you made it, right? Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean, I, we love what you do, yeah. man. Otherwise, you wouldn't I mean, coming through the gate. I don't just let anybody back here. You know, you, we, you, we do most. They of call this place though. Valhalla for a reason. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's warrior heaven. I mean, that's where you get beat to death and nothing left, and you still gave everything you got to everybody else but yourself, and you made yourself better to help everybody around you. And the only way you could do that was have nothing. And sometimes, you know, those of us in the family, we got to learn our lessons the hard way. And that's what that is. Because if you gave it to you easily, man, you wouldn't respect it. You wouldn't have any idea what was going on. You just kind of do what the guy next to you did. But if you strip that away, then you really find out what you are, how bright your feathers are, man. And if you, you know, you get one of them guys that are good enough to come this way, you hand him one of those coins and, and it starts from there. You know, you got your coin in the backpack. Show me what you, I gave you everything you got to build a, a, an empire. Why, why don't you go do something with it? You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. how you train your guy. That would be a cool that thing be... to do in one of the cities or something. Uh, I, be... Under the city. Yeah. I mean, you want to go find out down there, yeah. bro, man. Yeah. He's a bunch of ninja turtles. Every island on top of a glacier. So how can our listeners find the gym? Uh, so it's, gonna, it's actually going to be named after my charity. It's called Almost Home. And it, Almost Home, I read about in Sun Tzu, Art of War. Oh, dude, everybody should, read, man, everybody should read that one. <laughs> right. There's and a reason why that dude exists, too. Exactly. And, I mean, this dude gave you the blueprint to mentality, everything, down to a T. And it's just how, however you interpret it. So almost home goes to a different interpretation for everything. But basically, if you have a mindset, whether it's in battle, whether it's in work, whatever, that you're almost home, like you're going to kill everything in sight just to get home, then... Even when you get home, you're almost home. So you're never easy. Yeah, it's, it's you know, kind of like Bud's every day. Yep. Bud's daily, right? So that's the name of the gym. That's the name of the gym, name of the charity, almost home. It's not settling. It's just the mentality right. of doing anything you possibly can to get home. Do you have an Instagram for it? or Not yet. So okay. I actually partnered with uh, the water company. It's a CBD water company called Hemp Hydrate. And they do like, I found them after a couple of my surgeries and tried everything they had a cbd roll on and water i started drinking it helped with my arthritis so 
partnered with them on it. And um, this multivitamin from A system, and they're going to help me, whatever, invest and fund it. Um, but the Instagram's not set. We're at, me and Justin are actually going to Dallas tomorrow to finalize location. And then everything from there is going to get set up pretty quickly. How fun. Yeah. So are you in on it too? I'm, I'm working on it. I've, I've been in the NFL for going on eight years now. So I'm trying to like use some of the things I've seen and working with people. Because so I came in and I had no money and then it was yeah. – Got was lucky enough to get drafted, so I'm just trying to help him and give him some advice. He's probably the smartest dude with his money, which kind of infuriates me. I'm like, yo, just trust me. Like this is gonna work out. Just give me. <laughs> I was like, hey, he's I'm, like, no, I'm like, I don't wait, see man, the numbers. Half my paycheck away starting when I was 17. Like just walked in, I couldn't touch. It. I spent my whole life just half my paycheck was always into this account. No credit card, no because ch- it was kind of like a treasure chest at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and if I met he's my saved. wife, it was gonna go on her finger, and we'd start over together. Or, you know, I was going to go back and do something else with it. Everyone wants that box. Everyone wants to have this their is box. Half of his, box right there. That's all this right is there. literally half of everything he earned his whole life until he I gave it to her. That's, so that's, there was. The other half I had to live on. <laughs> I didn't have anything. It, actually, yeah. all of it was for her. Mm-hmm. Different generation type thing, but they, they have an app where it takes out a certain amount of money every week. And I had two things on it. One was savings, like. I never had a credit card, just got one literally last week because I'm trying to buy a house. Like, mm-hmm. But my dad was always, you're going to put your money under your bed, you're going to save it, you're going to pay yeah. everything in cash, whatever. Super like old school, old school yeah. drug dealer mentality. <laughs> so I never owned a credit card and I was like, I can't pay for this house in cash. They're like, no, you have to have credit. So that just started. But I had this app where it would save towards a wedding ring and a house. So when... I finally proposed when I knew that I could buy the ring that from the fit. app. Yeah, from oh the app. Oh my gosh, that is so cool! So I, once it hit the number, then I proposed. I love yeah, that. In the beginning, you yeah. kind of put it away in the, in the office, like in the, in case you live. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going. The trick is going out to make a million memories and save a dollar from each, right? So in, just in case I live to be old, I know I'm gonna be in pain. I didn't plan on coming back, but we I got issued. I was gonna slide in sideways, like I don't even know where my damn. <laughs> where that part is you know what i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> and then if it if you had the cat like the the whole gangster mentality you have cash on you and that stuff is because the life we live man you know i, I don't want to have that much cash on me because i don't want to go on the ground in debt yeah so i gotta pay that off so it's yeah and then if you get to that point it's all for that if you yeah. literally don't care about anything and the money part that that's a that doesn't even really exist man it's we'll make it the currency is this yep i mean Everybody makes that money to get the respect to get what comes with it. I mean, take it away from them, nothing. That's why a lot of them young, you're not supposed to be rich when you're young. Because mm-hmm. yeah. rich is Gotta life. earn that respect. Yeah, because they're taking money away, then what are you? Here's the deal. You take it away from them after a long time, especially if, you, if you've been bad about it. Like if you just blow it in everybody's face and show how rich you are. And, but think about that. So make sure the respect you carry is your own. Because if somebody else loses it, then you will too if it's, if it's not yours. I mean, kind of write your own story. I think before you came down here, you wrote it all out. It wouldn't want to be easy, right? Not for the hardest of among us. That's yeah, exactly. And especially with money, is never equated to happiness or success. Whatever, it's always my everyone's happiness different, and mine would be freedom. So like freedom to do whatever I want. That sometimes comes with money. So like, if I want to call up Justin, like let's go to Bogota. Money is going to help me get a plane ticket, yeah. and that's the freedom <laughs> of doing that. So, like, yeah, that that's always like in the in the back 
background the work comes first but right. well what you love and that's yeah. the thing it's like do you have man we got yachts and boats and i was like no nah, man i got buddies that got them yeah because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one guy loves, you can tell he's probably if he's always on that thing he's always he's a sailor right and yeah. he, the, the, you want a guy like from every crew like, exactly. if, you're, if you live in the country get you a city friend and i mean and find every personality i think he does he's got cowboy friends yeah I mean, you know what i'm talking about right oh, yeah. that, that's all how that works and each one of them has a strength as you have as a weakness exactly so when you put them all together those are the guys man you see those crews you know they they don't 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 mess with them for us like a pack right yep. and they have no matter what go, they just live for the ride like when my friends and i are together they all have expensive cars now man we'd take them tear them up it's like throwing on expensive body armor let's yeah. see we see what this thing see can what do, do man <laughs> you know what I'm you got insurance. Yeah. I'm gonna tear the wheels off of this. Yeah, there's that too. So, <laughs> but, and that's the reason they look, man. My wife's I got a unicorn right here. Okay, so they know when to send us off back to the boys. One, they want that. They want a little buck in you too. If they break you too much, then they'll go wondering for another Mustang. So if they see that, you get that. And I mean, you go to those places when you don't have to apologize in the morning. They send our asses to the middle of nowhere. You know, man, you couldn't hear if a bomb went off. <laughs> and we just have the best time And I, until we get out of our system. I mean, the, the most civilized, just doctorate lawyers, you name it across the board. Guys that are more in that profession of calmness, like if, oh. if it's a freak out thing and they're the calm ones, trust me on the back end, them dudes, if you see them venting, leave them alone. They got they got to bottle it up for so yeah. long. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't care what they loose. look like. I mean, you want like the, the best <laughs> gift I ever bought him was um, for Father's Day one year. I had I ran out of ideas. Like the first couple of years we were married, I tried. He's not a materialistic person, so he doesn't care about like fancy clothes or fancy shoes or anything like that. So I couldn't. I didn't know what to get him. Um, so <laughs> I bought four piece of shit cars for like 200 bucks a piece and i let him so I, me and my friends can go tear him up so they could go tear him up like jump <laughs> how cool is that <laughs> that's that's i mean we have gift. pictures all over it all was of us the best gift ever because it, it was a thing for him and his friends to do it was like a a dream from like a tv show tell you how smart or something this woman is, man okay if you know what your husband is like he likes to get beat up and bloody and and this that and the other. she broke she she like tame me she didn't break me right yeah. so she kind of figured she would buy me stuff in the beginning that i would just look at you know and i want to look at her but that lawn equipment and oh, all the blades and everything like that that tore that mower <laughs> out there it's like hey I, i'm going back there to try and outwork that bull i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on that bitch's back and right she has to bring me off of it because i'm like get over there you know? <laughs> he'll mow all damn day yeah i got a, i got a leaf blower and a power washer for christmas yeah. <laughs> best ever <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah. Gift. And then she moves me into the kitchen. She's like, you know, I was cooking dinner. Oh, God, and then I'm in there. Knives. I kind of look at her, man. I was like, wait a minute. There's freaking knives everywhere. I mean, I throw at the, don't do this, you know. But I mean, I was like, what, whatever. And I get to play with fire. So it now he cooks. So I mean, he dudes moves. ever figure out that the being in the house, the easy part, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is, man. I was like, but I, I tell you what, I've never, I got a whole new, there's a reason why you do that. Like in the beginning, if you're not interested in something, it's not time. It means you have to learn another component to, under, to appreciate the backside. And if you don't do that, you'll never truly enjoy the whole ride. So when I got in, in there, man, I, I could do dude food, you know, cook and stuff like that. But I, oh no, uh, he does like chef food. Like, a halibut with a white wine reduction over roasted kale or whatever. Like he, it looks like a five star restaurant. But we've been married for over nine years, and this 
just started. Yeah, like, it took six me a while to get, you know, get the hang of it, man. Did you I, learn this like no, recently, YouTube. or you knew? Oh, he's yeah. He's YouTube. He watches everything on YouTube. Best teacher ever. It's the best teacher of all time. I mean, you don't need to go anywhere. You just that's that that, my, that I look like this is the window into our universe. If I want to see something, what somebody's doing, I'll just turn it on and and watch them. He's got this. He has like a couple of different YouTube. I call them my intel officers. Yeah. <laughs> whatever she. Whatever. That's yeah. how I do it. Yeah. I mean, like when I put my that apron on, I was like, everybody kind of makes fun. I was like, man, it's like body armor. One yeah. of I carry them knives in and all kinds of stuff. is so funny. He's a gay Jew, and yeah. he. Uh, he's great, dude. Cook. Yeah, he can cook. His, everything is amazing, but he's very sexual in his talk, and so he'll be like. All right, grab those sausages. That I like the real big ones, and grab them tight. And Marcus is like, "Shut the fuck up, Jeffrey!" <laughs> <laughs> I pull out one of those big old uh, breakfast. I was like, "Got it!" <laughs> it's so, so funny yeah, dude, watching I, him cook. We did. We did talk to Pete earlier today, and he told us something about a feeding. Yeah. So he does. He Marcus. Used to, once he started cooking, he stopped doing the feedings, which Pete ha- hasn't been here since that happened. But um, yeah, they're a little, well, you know, I mean, kind of like a predator. It's very yeah. weird. He <laughs> in the middle of the night, he'll go to bed. We go to bed together, and then he'll get up like a zombie. Like he'll just sit up in bed and sit there for a minute. I think with your eyes closed, and then walks Using to the, the force. Walks yeah. to the kitchen like a zombie, and. Pulls everything out of the refrigerator. Whatever's cooked. It could be a cooked steak that was left over with um, a cherry pie and, yeah, sushi or whatever. Like, whatever's in there. And he puts it in a bowl and he'll put chocolate syrup on it and honey, mustard. What he really wants. Oh, yeah. That's mustard, what you really want to do. Ranch you dressing. I'll have a steak and a cereal with some milk, some cocoa puffs. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the weirdest combination. And when people spend the night. That's why I don't let anybody out. Or I don't eat out in public. I'm kind of picking at it. But Well, but that's why we don't stay at anybody's houses. Because <laughs> the shit he pulls out of their fridge and they come in the next day and it's just, it's all gone. And it's the kitchen's a mess. I mean, yeah. well, but it's so funny like the his, people think they eat a lot no this not, is this isn't just a bowl this is i mean two boxes of cereal this is a uh, lot of fucking four or five steak so basically i was trained this way i mean you got no i got other a predator seal at night that i know and i got my eyes closed it's dark and I, I you know put the women and children in bed and go looking for dinner yeah understand so when i it's like when as soon as that thing opens up i, I can't believe it's like it was, it's awesome to stare i didn't have that growing up you know, the refrigerator, I kind of look at that and my eyes are closed and then I start smelling. And it's just a, the predator feed. It's a, it's a feed. And then so I, we call it, we call it the just feeding. Like, that's why I, I eat and I, I pass out just like a predator. And I wake <laughs> up, I mean, I'm not hungry during the day. I go 900 miles an hour, dude, but I can only eat one. There's times in, in what I did, you know, the guys I ran around with hard as they come. But There's, none of them eat like that. And yeah, that's a little weird, but hey, they're so, all different. <laughs> Gotta have your well, differences. When it's people like a spend the night, especially yeah. Emmett stayed here for so long, it's, Emmett would little... just stay up and he'd watch it and he'd video <laughs> it and send it to his dad because it's such a bizarre thing. I have one girlfriend that's a vegan and she watched him and she was like, holy shit. I was like, hey, I was like are you also... <laughs> She goes, how is he eating that much food? food because it was such an enormous smell well i didn't realize she was timing it and at about an hour and 40 minutes she goes he has been shoveling food in his mouth for almost two hours you know the high octane engines take a lot of fuel man 100 <laughs> percent, right 100 I mean, percent. yeah it, it uh 
It's the craziest thing to see. It's just like a, you kind of got to equate it to this. So if you ever wonder when you're growing up and got the mascots to your high schools, I, it's kind of like you fit in well around a bunch of cats or lions and stuff like that. I was, I was a bear cat and a wild cat my what whole life. What is a bear so cat? Nobody knows, but they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Orange and white, apparently. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a cross between a bear and a cat back in the day. Decided to <laughs> hook up. Man, it just got western from there. I mean, bear strength, wild cat attitude. You can, you can only keep them dudes in a couple spots. <laughs> yeah. They go fuck ass crazy. So, I mean... We need to ask I do, them. but I but I make sure everybody's down. She's in bed, and as soon as I, as soon as she's safe, as soon as everything's safe, I go prowling around. I it's, mean, I go outside. It, it and, truly is a feeding, and it has become a tourist attraction for right. our overnighters. Um, I know that. To sit, down, <laughs> to sit there and watch it. it. The only rule is you can't go in the kitchen when he's doing it. Oh, somebody's over here one time, man. I because when I cook, I usually I, I pull the plates and watch everybody kind of. You know, y'all done, you done. Don't throw it away. Yeah. Just got to leave it around, He's very possessive over his feeding. It's like a bowl. Yeah. A dog bowl, right? It's, it's, it's what it all is. It's yeah. just left Making noises, yeah, too. So one time, my one of my girlfriends, I was out of town and she was staying here and she ate out of his bowl. And he texted me and he said, all it said was, she has to go. And, and I called him and I'm like, what's wrong? And he goes, she ate out of my fucking bowl. And I was like... Hey, look, the only thing that the, the dad gets around here is a big piece of chicken. Big chicken. You know I mean? yeah. I'm like, why? In my head, I'm thinking, who has the balls to eat out of his bowl? Yeah. I don't eat out yeah. of his bowl. And yeah, she had to go after that. But I'm like, who does that? Oh my gosh. Okay, so to plug anything you've got going on you your instagram handle is alex fine 44 and yours justin pew 67 p-u-g-h p-u-g-h yeah and your business that you're starting is almost home. it's almost home it's also a charity half of the money goes to domestic violence shelters and then half goes to um the compton cowboys actually they run a gang prevention program so they bring in kids from the street teach them how to shoot horses, ride horses. Bring live. them out to Lady J. I know. Yeah. Love that. That's it's a awesome. great, great thing. And they're in the heart of Compton. And so money splits between the domestic violence shelter and the Cowboys. Very cool. And the hemp hydrate? Yeah, hemp hydrate is just something that really helped uh, me out with injuries. So I uh, invested in them and uh, I believe in it a lot. It's better than drinking Fiji water or anything like that. Yeah. It has a purpose. So awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. You guys, yeah, great. I enjoyed that. All right, guys, it's that time for another listener story. Today's listener story comes from Mackenzie Mercer, and Mackenzie writes As a 16 year old girl growing up in this amazing next generation, it's kind of hard to find yourself. My life was changed by a Marine Corps recruiter. Marcus actually had probably heard about us because we represent Team Never Quit in Northwest Ohio region. Our office carries our TNQ flag on all of our runs. My Never Quit story happens to start on March 24th, 2013. This was the exact date I became interested in the Marine Corps. A 13-year-old girl now wanted to be a Marine, not a princess. It's kind of funny. I called a recruiter at 13. I took a card from a stand in the mall and I called a recruiter. And at the age of 13, I told a recruiter I wanted to join. I told him I wanted to go tomorrow. He said I was a little too young, just a little bit, but he did say that I could come to PT and try it one time. I said I would, and I was excited. So at 13, I went to my first Marine Corps PT, and now I am 16 and doing 15 pull-ups on a normal day. 
I wouldn't have been able to come this far without that role model, and I'm very thankful for my recruiter. This leads me to my other never-quit story. My eighth grade year in school, I beat all odds to be awarded the honor of laying the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. That was only the beginning. I recently completed a huge application process to be accepted into the Marine Corps Summer Leadership and Character Development Academy, one out of 300 juniors and seniors from all over the United States. This stuff isn't really normal for a teenage girl. I've had many people tell me that I shouldn't do this. The generation where I'm from doesn't realize what it means to give 100% of yourself at all times. Personally, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to be a Marine. That's just how it's going to be. They ask me why I do what I do. I just tell them I believe that I need to serve my country. It is my calling, and I can never quit and give up on my dream. My parents don't like it so much, and the rest of my family doesn't like it, but I won't give it up. This is my life. This is my chance to make my dream a reality. If you never quit, it is amazing what you can do. Nothing can stop you. Absolutely nothing, and your dreams never die. Mackenzie. Dang, girl. That yeah, is get so some. awesome. That's right. That's exactly why. If they ask you why you do what you do, just say exactly. That's what you hit them with. If you if you got to ask me why, then you can't understand it yet. It's not time for you. Just keep keep living, keep dreaming. And those colors you're flying, the reason we call them colors is because every color comes in there. Because every color is going to have to go through a hard time, and through the hard times, we get molded into the one things that we are to help each other. I mean, just imagine this thing as one big, beautiful painting, one big, beautiful picture. It's perfect when it's together. But in order to have a perfect picture, you got to break it up and get imperfect pieces. And that's what connects it. And as you go through life, man, each one of these trials, each one of these tribulations, each one of these people that come into your life are designed to test you in some capacity to see if that's the part of the, if that's one of your missing pieces to put your part together. And if it's not, that's okay. You just ran into another piece of the puzzle that now you know what's out there. And those good times and the bad times, like I said, that's, that's the same thing. <laughs> I always imagine the cycle of life that you're running in right now is designed for a specific reason. To teach you something about yourself that you need to learn to go into the next piece, to the next piece of the puzzle, the next part of the dream, right? But at no point in time should you ever give up on yourself or the people around you, especially you ladies. You're the whole reason we're down here doing this. So when you guys start giving up, man, all the guys will give up around you. I mean, so you guys stay motivated. Y'all are the light. Y'all are the hinge pin. And we kind of revolve around you guys. So don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything, treat you badly, talk back to you disrespect you in any capacity because trust me there's some guys out there that man we just don't tolerate that and we're working our way back around to you so you ladies out there stay strong Kenzie thanks again for writing in yeah that's so awesome you're at 16 years old you inspire me I just I love your fire in the gut attitude and keep on doing what you're doing tag us on social media so we can follow your journey yeah, definitely. And uh, if you want to share your story, you can head over to the website, teamneverquit.com slash podcast. There's a share your story button at the top of the navigation. You can click on it. You can share your story. You can read stories. And uh, so many people write in and ask how they can get, you know, their kids involved in, in, in service and things like that. And it's it's kids like this that at 13 years old had the, you know, the motivation and desire to just pick up the phone and call a recruiter and start start somewhere. So thanks for sharing your story. If you'd like to write in, Go ahead and head over to the website. We are supported by Paint Your Life. If you don't know what Paint Your Life is, these guys are freaking awesome. Last year, we started doing some ads for them. I had to put them to the test. Anything we run for you guys in an ad, we make sure that we put it through the ringer. We have to make sure we like it ourselves. And I promise you, paintyourlife.com, these guys have something cool. They will take a photo that you have. You'll work with an artist, and they'll turn it into a hand-painted portrait When I got mine, I was blown away 
with the artist's ability to capture all the detail from the original photo. I, I sent him a picture of my dogs. And obviously, you know, dogs are pretty detailed in terms of what they should look like. And the painting that they did is amazing. It's totally incredible. If you're looking for a meaningful gift, I'm telling you, this is a great thing. You could take a photo of your, your wife, yourself, your children, your grandparents, whatever it may be, send them the photo, pick an artist whose work you most admire. You get to work with them throughout the whole process until every detail's perfect. They're gonna turn it into a handmade painting and it's at a price you can afford. It would make the perfect gift for a birthday, an anniversary, a wedding, whatever it may be. If you're looking for a special gift, I'm telling you this right here is the special gift you should get them. There's no risk. That's the coolest part. If you don't like the painting that they do for you, they're going to refund your money. But I'm telling you right now that what they sent me was a work of art and I'm going to cherish it forever. It really is incredible. So if you're looking for a special gift for someone you love or for yourself, maybe some decor for the living room, for your office, whatever it may be, then you should definitely check out paintyourlife.com. And right now, as always, we're going to give you a limited time offer. They're going to hook you up with 30% off your painting. That's right, 30% off and free shipping, so you don't have to pay to have that big thing mailed. And if you want to get in on this special offer, text the word TNQP to 64000. That's TNQP to 64000. Text TNQP to 64000. What a great interview. What do you guys think about that one? It was, right? It was good. His squared away kid. Very squared away. I love his Mr. Miyagi mentality. Um, Marcus is a lot like that, where he wants to teach kids uh, lessons through work. You know, they don't really realize that what they're doing has Man. a meaning. Yeah. He's got more like that Jedi, I think. Yeah. Out, yeah. That Yoda out in the middle of the woods. Like He's like, I couldn't build it out in the middle of the woods, you know, because nobody would come out there. They will now. Uh-huh. I mean, trust me, there's some dudes out there that, the, that that's what they live for. Like, I want to go find that dude. That, and that's what, that's the whole adventure. Finding the one guy that can teach you to become what you are. To break, you know, past all the stuff that everybody else sees, man, you get back to the, to the center part of it, you know, it'll humble you. Man, if you want to gain everything, you got to give up everything. And you get to the point where you're, where you're not reaching and you're not going any higher, man, throw all that stuff away and go on another adventure. Yeah. And I love that he's got such a, he surrounds himself with such good people. Like his friend that was here, Justin, uh, NFL football player, but his degree is in finance, so he yeah. keeps Alex in check and, yeah. you know, keeps him humble and makes sure that, you know, he's able to live his dream out. Um, I just, I think it's very important for people to surround themselves with good people and always have a mentorship. Even if you're a mentor yourself, you still have to have somebody that you look up to. His whole approach to fitness was cool. And, and just the fact that, like, he's challenged himself in in so many ways. I mean, the fact that he, like, picked up a phone, called the trainer that trained, you know, Bradley Cooper, and then took that. Then he started making this his bull riding challenge. I mean, there's just so many things he's done. Yeah. You know, and that's oh, He kind of reminds me of like a, a young mini version of a Goggins, you know, just always yeah. pushing himself to a limit that he might, others might say that he can't do or something. Yeah, he's those guys, hey, the, the Me Too movement, yeah, we're talking about you too. I mean, we that's what that's about, man. Yeah, y'all as well. The young generation, the next generation. You're looking for something to do, we want you to do it. There's guys and girls out there that can train you to become anything. You're not alone out there. You're, I mean, if you're different, that's great. We're all supposed to be different. Each one of us is supposed to be unique, you're supposed to look different, you know, similar but different. So don't exclude yourself from anything. Get out there and be a part of everything. Definitely. 
Well, uh, thanks again uh, for coming back every single week and listening to this show. It means the world to us. And a special thank you to all of our listeners, all of the Team Never Quit community for helping us out over the holidays with sending care packages to our deployed uh, veterans. We sent so many packages out. I've got an email from Joseph, and he said that he wanted us to give a shout out to Aunt Lizzie from Joe on the USS Eisenhower and wanted to thank her for nominating him for a package. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, it means a lot that you guys come together. And that's why we do this podcast to to support our community. So thank you. Yeah, I got several uh, messages back from people that we sent stuff to, whether uh, and we had so many people donate towards the care packages. My pillow donated a hundred pillows. Yeah, man, Mike, them guys are awesome. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, we're not doing an ad for them or anything like that. We just no, that feels just awesome. Yeah, I reached out asking for like a military discount because I was going to purchase them, and instead they came back and said, yeah. "We'll donate these," which was so unexpected and so awesome that they did that. And then the people that received them were like, "You." You don't realize the little things that you miss when you're on deployment, but a good pillow is one of them. Um, Black Rifle Coffee donated a ton of coffee that we sent out. Um, Forged donated some awesome oh, stuff. Man. Hey, look, Forged, I yeah. I mean, we had um, even our locals, uh, Royer's Pies in uh, Round Top, Texas, donated a. I mean, hundreds of like these little mini pies that don't go bad for a while. They're uh, the non-perishable, you know, they don't have like fruit filling in them. Um, And uh, for Christmas, you know, they got to have a fudge brownie pie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, a little taste of home. It was really cool. I remember my first deployment, I took everything I owned, but I got (laughs) issued. I did, man. You don't know, right? It's like, I need all this stuff. Yeah, towards the last night, I had like one box and it, it always had a pillow in it. That, that that deployment pill is huge. Mine was so funky it walked away. I never saw it again after my last deployment. I decided to, he was, was going to retire, which is cool. I did too, but probably a good idea. Yeah, I mean, at the end, of, I was sleeping on the ground. I mean, up for days, leaning against the wall, kind of sleeping some sleep in, man. If you ever, whenever you get back to you, not even a hot shower. You know, the, most of the water pressure is just heavy enough to pour, you know, like pouring a bottle of water. That's what it is. But you crawl in there and that pillow's in there, man. It's just something to it. It's like ah. Warrior Flask is another one that sent hundreds and hundreds of, um, like, bottles, like yeah. flask bottles or whatever, um, water bottles. And, I mean, we don't even know them. They just sent that. It's just it's really cool how many people came together. And then just, like, t- we had teachers that would have their whole classrooms write notes to them, just morale boosters. Very, very cool for everybody to do that at Christmas. It took a lot of volunteer hours to package yeah, all, of, yeah. all of the uh, boxes. So everyone that volunteered, we're just really grateful for y'all. And oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and most importantly, just to the whole team, we guys, we can't do this without you guys, so we just appreciate y'all. Well, we couldn't do it without uh, Anybody. all of you. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, every single one of you are crucial. So... Thank you so much for that. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the show. We release episodes every single Wednesday. You can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on any other major podcast player, and you make sure you be notified when we release new episodes. Make sure to share the episode with a friend if you think that this might motivate them. Hey, this is the episode to share with them, and then share all the other episodes too. There's some really great episodes we've done in the past. We love you guys. Check us back next Wednesday for another awesome episode.
I have to give one more shout out. If we could put it in there. (laughs) Jesuit Strake uh, School in Houston, they donated so much stuff. Like the students and the parents uh, did this huge donation collection. um, And a bunch of churches around Houston did big donation collections. I just... I know. I know, but literally, there's we, a we lot. There there's is. so many people. Yeah, and we the way we kind of way that we want to look at it, the way we thank you guys is to make sure that we do our jobs on our end. I mean, I, we can't possibly get out there and tell it. But we we will. We're working on it. We'll eventually get around to you. Thank right. you for yeah. thank you for it. Yeah, thanks.